Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to, for the 11th time to episode 282, part four of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the last three weeks of nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, 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 Samator. We're buffering. We're buffering. You'd think we take a week off. Our listeners miss us. They tell us they miss us. Somebody said they were upset because they weren't going to get us on their morning run. I felt bad. We come back. Our pets heads are falling off. And then we get 27 (laughs) minutes into our episode and we knew there were issues. We were trying to battle through them. We started talking better call Saul and we just couldn't complete a sentence. So unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, we had to skip last week because of those technical difficulties. Yeah, and I battled from the beginning, from the get-go. I'd hear every 7th and 24th word out of your mouth, and I'd try to piece together and figure out when you pause, and it was an absolute shit show. Yeah, usually I talk so much that that's not a problem, but uh, last week was just so bad. Uh, we just couldn't hear each other. There was a massive delay. We we ended up saying the word cat, and Sam would meow when he heard me say it, and there were like three seconds in between. I was like, the cat dead? What's going on here? <laughs> it was so, just no, uh, good, no good. So we decided, you know what? what? Let's just get six more days worth of news or five more days, however many, and then we'll try again. And it turns out that it was a very, very slow news week and weekend, which is good. We have episode 282, but a little bit different tonight. So because we recorded so much and we don't want it to be disingenuous, we did our trivia the last episode. And as a matter of fact, I got it right after choices and Sam didn't get it wrong. We're not going to like fake our way through the questions again. We're not going to come up with new questions. Just know that I had asked Sam, how many directors did uncharted have? Uh, the answer is seven and he did not get that correct. And Sam, what was my question? Yeah, I think I answered five for yours. And your question was how many playable characters are in the dragon ball Z Budokai game? And 23. You got, yep. And you got it on answers and you got the half a point and you were right with 23 yeah so just know that we did the trivia it was it's 10 and a half for me nine for sam no one won the game i'm a half a point away next week in 283 we'll be back to trivia and i will try to take my fourth consecutive trivia challenge championship but some other like kind of program notes that we want to talk through tonight because we put it out on our social media but just in case you don't follow us on instagram or facebook or even one of us on twitter um, a little update for you. So we had said a million times in the show, better call Saul, probably our favorite show going one of our favorite shows ever. It's so good. We want to do weekly recaps, but we have missed now what episode three, four, five. So we've missed three weeks of episodes. So instead of lumping them together and then doing two more and then a month and a half break, we're just going to wait, as a matter of fact. So instead of, you're not going to get that tonight. So instead of that, we're going to wait till these final two episodes until the midseason finale happen. And then we're going to talk about episodes three through seven all at once, kind of a full half season recap. We'll even throw some stuff from one and two in there and just like have a full recap and a big piece of episode 284. So hang on to your anuses for that one. Um, but you're not going to hear Better Call Saul for the next two episodes. Sad but true. Yeah, sad but true. So that's one update. The other update, you won't believe my pick of the week last week. I never thought I would. Sam kept his. I'm changing mine, but just know that Sam and I 
had the same damn pick of the week last week, and I'm appalled that I liked it. So I'll and, chime in a little bit when you give yours. And I was gonna, say, and I called it right before. I was like, Craig, I'm pretty sure we have it. You said, "What's your you know, Rotten Tomatoes?" Rotten tomato score. Score. I said it, and you were like, "No, it's wrong." And I was like, oh, "I don't know." I was like, Philip J. Fry. Oh, crud. Uh, but anyway, that's kind of the programming notes we have for you tonight. Again, slow news week since we recorded last. So we actually only have a couple of extra stories, which is cool because now we'd be recording an episode tomorrow anyway, talking about nothing. So like, we really didn't have much. So it's cool that we're able to just lump this in. We're getting out of day early. So you're getting it on Thursday, which is good. Um, I get to fold one, two, three, four full loads of laundry tonight while this episode's going to upload. So I got shit to do. Let's not waste any more time. In TV tonight, we're going to talk Moon Knight, our final impressions, all spoilers, Ozark final impressions, spoiler free, Sam finished it, I'm halfway done, the final episode, so we'll give spoiler free for now. We have some jackass news, Obi-Wan, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi news, Umbrella Academy news, CW show news, Iron Chef news in 2022, and a potential DC spinoff in movies, Sam this is cool, actually. Technically, this is an update. Last week, we had Doctor Strange's IGN review. This week, Sam saw it. So he's going to give hey. us his spoiler-free impressions of Doctor Strange 2 uh, in the Multiverse of Madness. We also have a Jurassic World Dominion trailer, which, to be honest, I forget. It's been three weeks. I forget the whole thing. But I did rewatch it just before because I was like, holy shit. Good. I looked at our, our store, Greg. I was like, I forget everything. <laughs> I Good. You're going to have to carry this. I, I remember a bit and a piece, but that's fine. Some John Watts Fantastic Four news, El Muerto news, Ant-Man news, uh, Mar- the Marvels, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Fast X. And we actually added this as well. A trailer for a new Adam Sandler movie that, dare I say, looks good. Oh, so, when, you, when it's in Philadelphia, it's like, oh, this is for us complete bias uh sam will then take over in gaming we're going to talk about microsoft and bethesda's june showcase we're going to talk about jeff Keighley's summer game fest as it now has a date gotham knights got a big gameplay blowout that's new this week we're added that we're going to talk through that and some updates on the versions that will be available for you splatoon 3 got a release date abroxia 2 on ps5 sgdq embracer group made a huge investment and we have our top three favorite current aew wrestlers as the aew game got a name and sam and i did our favorite aew wrestlers right as the company got off the ground so two years three years later we're going to then update that list with our new favorites so i'm looking forward to that as well i'll end it off with two impressions in the music space sam will bring us home with a weekly wada hopefully we're under six hours tonight um but (laughs) let's start where we customarily do with our picks of the week. Okay, like I said last week, I had to go back to, you know, back on my list because I hadn't watched anything fresh or I, I didn't want to say anything that I, we we're going to talk about later. But you said it, we both picked it. It's Uncharted, the live action movie starring Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg. It is now, it is out digitally. It comes out, oh, it actually came out on Blu ray yesterday. So that's great. It is actually the fourth highest grossing film of 2022 so far. Madness. It is just about to cross 400 million worldwide on 120 million budget. It had a 40% Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not saying it's a perfect film, but going in, like we, our bar was, was set low for this, this movie. We kind of saw the, the plane scene that they showed us. And that's basically where we're going like, okay, at least we know that's going to be good. 
And it was. I, I thought that that part was fantastic. Wahlberg and Holland's chemistry was better than expected. Um, I, I get it. It's tough to. I, I think we'll always, you know, Nathan Drake. You're always going to think Nolan North because he would. That that's him. He, he was fantastic in all four games. Hopefully, we get that fifth, fifth uh, game with him. Um, I again, I would have loved to seen more mustache on my Sully. <laughs> I, you know, I again, you know, I I like Mark Wahlberg, but Sully's got that big bushy that mustache, and that's kind of that's so I know that and and a cigar. That's what I know this guy, but. I thought they took a little bit from almost every game so far and kind of combined it into one a little bit. Um, I It's the second highest grossing video game movie of all time behind Sonic 2. Um, other than that, it's they're going to make a sequel. The, the president, uh, chairman of Sony Pictures, Tom Rothman, described Uncharted as the new film franchise for Sony. So expect a few more sequels. What did you think of it, my friend? Because you, as you said, it was on your list. It was my pick of the week last week as well, un- or ironically, I guess. And I can't believe I liked this film. I shat on this film while mm-hmm. shitting. It was so bad. And uh, man, you put it on and it reminded me of the way I watched the original Bad Boys. It reminded me of that like style hmm. of movie where you just turn your brain off. You have some fun. You laugh along the way. And when there's plot holes or inconsistencies, you just don't give a shit because you're having a decent ride. And that's where I felt watching this movie. I felt like if I turned away and looked at my phone for a few minutes, I wouldn't really care. Was it rushed to goddamn hell? Yes, it was. Did they travel faster than Game of Thrones season eight? Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. But I allowed it because Mark Wahlberg was really fucking funny. Did I like that he did? didn't have a mustache no is there a part of the movie where he does yes so you'll get over it um he does say the word kid a lot which was a nice throwback there's a naughty dog logo in a suitcase so like it hit the things i needed it to hit it didn't have to be a perfect film it was just fine it was good enough for me to recommend yeah again i think there was one or two little end credit scenes little snippets and make sure you stay till the end again you know tom holland's it's again i always would want the older nathan fillion we always say it that little short that they did i think it was 20 minutes they released online i still thought that was fantastic i i wish we got an older but i guess we're gonna have to take the younger version and uh we'll see his brother sam in the sequel yeah um uh, you know my brother sam i was just saying i just <laughs> I had to give it a light jab at the end that's all you know my brother sam's tom holland did did not he was fine. He was fine. But when he said, like, I might have phoned it in for this one, like, yeah, I could see where he said that and, like, where he meant that. But it was fun. I mean, like, it wasn't. Is it worth, like, going out of your way? No. But, like, if you're a fan of the games, I, I would have to. You have to watch it. Is it completely faithful? No. Like I said, they make everything so convenient. And, like, <sighs> Like you, I think if you play the game, you know exactly what you're getting yourself they, into. They make busting into an old cave to find treasure like knocking for your neighbor. It's that easy. It's just like it's just like oh, there's this switch. Turn the key. Oh, these spears came out. Oh, they missed us. Like it. It was so dumb, and I just it, I just liked it. It was just lighthearted, I guess. And, and we're a little biased. We love the video game series, and I think that's probably why we we probably like it more than the average folk who you know they. Uh, I like Wahlberg. I like Antonio Banderas. I like Holland. But we we like all them actors. But having this the game playing it, I think it just 
put it like above the rest of most video game movies. It, uh, I will say I would probably not have watched it at all if I didn't like Uncharted. Yeah, there you go. You know, so like there's that. Um, anything else you want to say on it? I, it go watch it, it on, it's it, on it's Prime. Out and all dig- it's out digitally. It's under two hours. Go see that's it. A, that's another part it. I liked. I was mentioning that last week. I remember it was rushed, but I appreciate it because they made the runtime under two hours and it didn't overstay its welcome. I, I've been watching way too many movies lately that have just overstayed their and welcome. So this Believe nice. me when I tell you Venom Let There Be Carnage still felt longer. <laughs> well, well uh, that'll lead me very smoothly into my pick of the week. And again, I had Uncharted last week, but something came into my inbox this week that I absolutely need to shout from the rooftops about. And usually if I get something from our friends at one of our PR, you know, agencies we work with or what have you, I'll do it in that section, music, gaming, whatever, a book. And like, I'll do it in that section and give it its just desserts. But when something really clicks, when something hits me harder than a frying pan to the face, I just gotta put it up the top. And I'm talking about my now number one record of the year over a will away. Which you know, when I say that, that shit's serious. I don't take that lightly. When I like a record better than anything a will away puts out. Dude, the new state champs record is absolutely unbelievable. Do you ever listen to state champs? I do. Way back in the day? No. Oh, man. They've been around for like over a decade. They are pop punk slash emo quintessential listening. And uh, they just came out with a new record, Kings of the New Age. It's out via Pure Noise. It's out right now. So like the day you're listening to it. Actually, no, we released this record on the or this uh, episode on the 12th. It's out on the 13th. So it's not out quite yet if you're listening to this the day this episode drops. But the Albany, New York Rockers are out now. Their fourth studio album. Again, Pure Noise Records. It is so unbelievably good. It's the type of record where I wish that I could play a little bit for you guys. But I'll say this. Remember the last time I had a musical pick of the week? It was Chunk No Captain Chunk. There were two people that randomly just listened to it, took a photo of it, and then sent it to us as a DM saying, thanks for the reco. So I know that there were more people that listened to the pick of the week reco. When I put it in the music section, fine. If that's your jam, go for it. When I put it as my pick of the week, pay attention because it's just that good. This is the best record I have heard this year so far. Now, we got Dance Gavin Dance. We got a whole bunch of other things. Jukebox the, the Ghost is coming out with a new record. So it's going to be uh, the early November is coming out with a new record this year. So it's going to be a tough year when I say uh, uh, new record releases. But if you are a pop punk fan, like literally in the least, then you have to listen to this. It is absolutely quintessential listening. Here to stay, one of the best opening tracks. When you have a track that kicks off a record like that, you know you're in for a good time. It is just that good. First and foremost, the record cover. Got to give it up. As a former skateboarder, somebody who's still a skate rat to this day, a little, a little bit of a, a little bit of a skateboarding rock record cover. I love that. A um, little hand plan action in a bowl, but anyway, or a pool, I should say. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven tracks. No track um, over three minutes and forty-seven seconds. So it hits you hard, it hits you fast, and you're ready to rock and roll. Sam, when this record is, when this episode is done, and we're just shooting the shit in post, I'm gonna throw on a little bit of one of the songs. You're gonna say, "Hey, I want to listen to that because it's just that good." Again, if you like pop punk, if you like any of the old drive-through bands, if you like any of the old like. 
I won't say Rise Records, maybe it's a little too hard, but like anything from that era, Victory Records, like that's where we're at. We're talking 04 to 06 Victory with like the audition and the Academy is and all that good stuff. The, that's where I'm at with this band. I love it. It's phenomenal. I picked them up on their first record. I was obsessed back then. Fell off a little bit to the second record, which came out right when we started this pod. The third record we actually got as well. Uh, pre-release. I talked about it on the show. I liked it. I didn't love it. This one kicks me right back in to a state champs kind of mind. So state champs, Kings of the new age out on May 13th. So not the day this episode drops, just wait 24 hours, folks, listen to it on YouTube, buy it, purchase it, go to Spotify, stream it, do what you can to support the band. It's fantastic. My number one record of the year, Kings of the new age, Sam, we're not going to do trivia. We're not even going to do better. Call Saul. We're going to go right into the TV section and we're going to talk about Moon Knight. I'm going to kick it over to you since Moon Knight's your guy. Spoiler alert, everybody. Check the time codes in the episode description if you don't want spoilers for Moon Knight. Sam, it's done. It's over. What'd you think? It's done. <clears throat> Six episodes came and went pretty damn fast. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I just thought it was an okay series. It, I've said it from the jump. It's, you know, it was based off Jeff Lemire's run of him in the insane asylum. And I've been on record many times saying that's one of my least favorite runs of Moon Knight ever. But uh, they, they, they again, the biggest thing I could say about it is they actually made me like Mr. Knight a little bit. Because, you know, in the comics, I don't like Mr. Knight. My Moon Knight is supposed to be in his battle worn costume, not a goddamn costume going to his communion. That's how I felt. <laughs> but I, this is where I kind of, you have to give credit to Oscar Isaac. He was absolutely fantastic. Like watching him as Stephen Grant, even in the white suit as Mr. Knight, he was fantastic. W without Oscar, I, th this show would definitely, I, I, I don't think would not have worked. He definitely redeemed himself from playing Apocalypse. You know, he's, he's, he's not like Jared Leto. He's not 0 for 2. He's 1 for 2. You know what I mean? He's batting 500. He's fine. Well, what about Poe Dameron? Is he one for three or two for three? No, I was Poe's po good. I, he was yeah. good as Poe. Poe po was fine. Um, what, what's funny is the finale is the least liked episode from critics. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, I would well I maybe would, because they waited till the end credit scene to give us what we wanted. Could, could be. Again, that's. I mean, again, you, me, Noah, Moon Knight. I was ready to see him episode one. Like you like you liked Asylum the best, didn't you? Episode five. Episode five was the best episode from. Wow. I thought story. episode one. I thought episode one. I thought, mm. the, I thought. This, well, I mean, yeah, one, one was good. Like one was definitely up there, but I just something about five of, you know, the depth, the backstory of with Steven, the sacrifice at the end and kind of, yeah. I, I thought the special effects looked fantastic. You got when he got caught in the of, sand, that was, that was definitely nice. Yeah. I just didn't you know, like you had, it so you much. Had, you had your moment. Like I know me and our boy, uh, Damien Costa Dupree on YouTube. Uh, me and him talk. Episode five is both our favorites. Um, I, I to me, it's it's not even close. I just I just really thought episode five just really really hit it out of the park. And like you said, the finale or the episode six, the end credit scene, you, you finally get. You know, we said spoiler alert. You finally get Jake Lockley. We've been, it's in the comics. It's it, it's in my head. It's Jake Lockley was like the the low key cab driver. Like you know, in my like Mark Spector was the violent guy. You know what I mean? Like Stephen Grant was the billionaire. So like they definitely took some liberties. They definitely tweaked some things around, which, which is fine. It's I'm to be expected. Yeah. yeah. Expected. And, and I'm all for it. You know, again, you don't want the same retelling of the whole story that I've been reading for the last freaking 10, 10 years of my life. But I, I just thought it was okay. I still think the best show is Hawkeye. 
I, I mean, that's, you know, we already know WandaVision, Loki, Cap had its moments, but I would say Moon Knight is probably my second favorite Disney Plus Marvel show. Just, it, it's it's tough to top Hawkeye and kind of what they brought in and to know what's coming. But one thing I will say is that the, the sky's the limit for Moon Knight. They could update, you know, maybe Jake Lockley has his own Moon Knight costume. I assume he gets signed for a season two. If not, give us the Midnight Suns, throw him in the movies, make him him and Daredevil team up in a show. That would be awesome. I, I One thing I'll still say is his suit. I still get Sailor Moon vibes. If you any watch Sailor Moon growing up, it's the mummy wraps. It's it, I, I can't unsay it. There's nothing no one could say. I will always think of Sailor Moon. Every time he puts on that comic or a comic, uh, that costume like that. I liked how they portrayed Mr. Knight as well. They didn't shove him down your face. They made Moon Knight a split personality almost. And depending the personality in charge, that kind of depicted which Moon Knight we got. And I liked that aspect of it. It was a different way to tell that story. And so yeah. I like that. I also would have liked Lockley. I think they didn't want to jam three down our throat in six episodes because that's a lot. And too so much, they waited to be in credit. But if there's not going to be a season two, which there very well could be, um, then then it was for nothing. Unless Lockley is the unless he there is a Mid- Moon Knight in a Midnight Suns or a West Coast Avengers or something like that, then okay, fine. But like if th- this is what we get of Moon Knight, then it was a waste of an end credit scene, and I would have just put him in there. I didn't like Asylum as much as you. I thought that was one of the slower episodes. Um, I like this, the effects. It's funny though, because the finale was the one where there was the most moon night and the most action. And people were asking for that. Then we get it. And they're like, nah, we didn't like this one very much. Um, But I still think the premiere was my favorite. I think something we didn't mention yet was Ethan Hawke. Um, he did a very good job, albeit confusing as a motherfucker. Um, is Harrow dead? Is it real? Was he like, like uh, just what happened in there? We, we don't, don't have those answers. And I think Sam, that's okay. I think we can finally have a series where we don't need all of those answers. It kind of leaves us up to our imagination. And I kind of dig that um, to an extent. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think he did. I mean, in, in the comics, I think Arthur Harrow, I think he's only in he's one only in comic one. issue. Yeah, yeah, then he dies. So it's like, to me, it's like a one and done. Like, I, I kind of like that they they threw us a, just like a, a villain who we don't care about. Like, Rahul Bushman, who they didn't show in the comics, he's the one that actually kills Mark Spector. Mm-hmm. So they saved him. You could always come back as maybe using... Um, Werewolf by his, Night, because he's got his own Halloween well, special. Could Werewolf by Night. You could always bring back his younger brother. He kind of plays like a, another, like an evil version and tries to be good, but in the end, it's it's a villain. They, they could go so many different ways. They could combine him with Daredevil, Spider-Man. Like, he could go any different way. I think that's that's the beauty of Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Yeah, you know, I uh, what'd, what'd you think of the CG of, like, Amet and Kanchu and, like, that final episode where we got... Heavy, heavy CGI, a lot of costume, a lot of, like I said, a lot of Moon Knight fighting. So, like, did that feel good to you? I I love how Kanchu looked. I I loved um, F. Murray Abraham as his voice. I heard a few people, my buddy Gina over at Shortbox, he actually said, like, the voice, it, it didn't, uh, he's like, I don't know, he's like, for whatever reason, when I'm reading a comic, is like, that's not what Kanchu sounds like. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, again, I don't think he followed him or knew him as an actor. Me, you know, being a huge Homeland fan and, and a couple other things that he was in, like I, I thought he was perfect for the role. So that that part didn't bother me. 
again, I thought Ethan Hawke was great. I, he's, I think he's always a great, great actor. But I, I one of the the cool parts was the, um, which we got what episode six where you got to see, um, what's her name, when she kind of turned into the Scarlet Scarab. She had her cool moment, like you know, like Falcon esque. I, I I thought that was cool. I was I wasn't expecting to actually see her in that and kind of i guess you had like the one girl ask her like are, are you an egyptian she kind of says yes i you know i thought that was a nice nod there to kind of get like your first egyptian superhero female superhero um the the, the alligator looked better than i thought i mean i'm not gonna lie I, I thought it was better than expected i've definitely seen bigger budget movies cgi look you know way worse than what we got there scorpion king you know, there you go <laughs> movie that's over 100 million dollar budget you know it Back right there. 20, 20 years ago. True. But, with that movie, you know, that money is uh, big time inflation. But anyway. True. But I, I'm I'm happy with it. It's um, it, it stinks that it took Moonlight this long to get a live action. But I'm just kind of glad like they got the way I'm looking at it in my head. They got my least like one of my least favorite Moonlight runs like out of the way in my head. So it's in my head, Moonlight's only going up. Hmm. You know, they're only going to look at it. They're only going to show like Raul Bushman is a vicious character to me. That's like Daredevil rated R season two or something like that. If they want to go like that, especially if they're going to have Jake Lockley, Raul Bushman would be a perfect villain for a season two. It's a it's a good way to look at it for yourself as like an optimistic Moon Knight fan. I would say that like you, Hawkeye is still easily my favorite yeah. um, series that Disney Plus has put out. I don't even particularly think it's close at this point. Uh, WandaVision for me is still two. Um, and then probably this, I would say Moon Knight's probably three. And then the other two don't count for me. Uh, but <laughs> I just didn't you gotta like finish them to count them. I just didn't like Loki. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not, I, I finished them. I just, I didn't I'm start. What if I didn't, I'm start with you. but, um, I am glad it happened. And here's what I, here's what I'll take away. Your Moon Knight can only go up is my, they got to tell the story they wanted to tell. And I appreciate that. Yeah. They didn't get hamstrung into cameos and all this other shit. They did it on the strength of their writing of their own original characters. We didn't see a goddamn cameo once. And it's like, nice. Can we live on its own? You know? And so like, that was cool. In the background of every Loki scene, people are like, is that cap shield? Is that this? Is that this? Yeah. Is there that? And there's this and there's that. And so, like, we don't have to do that. We didn't have to say, is that Mephisto? I didn't hear the M word once this whole show. It was great. So I like that they got to tell the story they wanted to tell. Yeah. Like, again, uh, there was, again, the only spec book that I think I saw through the whole show was um, maybe the first appearance of Arthur Harrow. Like, and that's like a minor Moon Knight book. It's not even that expensive. It was like, I could just kind of go in. Watch this. Be excited for it. Wait till next week. And I didn't have to worry about seeing all these videos, hearing people talk. For the most part, I would say I heard mostly positive things from it. Don't get me wrong. There's always a few people that didn't like it, which which is, hey, it's fine. But the one thing, it's only six episodes. I think there were like, what, 45-minute max, 55-minute episodes at one time. So it's, it's something that's not going to take you know your whole life. Yeah. So, again, um, I think it's worth a watch. I think that if you go into it, with similar expectations than your other Disney Plus shows. Like, you know what you're kind of going to get, but you also have no idea where it could go. And that's what this show yeah. does. There's a hippo at one point. Enjoy that. Um, but the, okay. the last thing I, well, last thing I want to say is I did read that originally it was going to have, I believe, a camo um, in the beginning of the movie of kind of like a referencing the Eternals. 
And for whatever reason, they cut it. And I, I think that was the smartest thing. Absolutely have no tie-ins. Like, it's strictly on your own. It's like, to me, it's like Moon Knight was something like, when we first got Iron Man, it was like the first one. It was something fresh. This was something fresh, something that Marvel really hasn't shown us before. And mm-hmm. I appreciated that. Yeah. So there was a lot to appreciate. Again, not a perfect series. Had a lot of ups and downs in six episodes. You kind of just got to go. And so they did their best with the amount of time they had. So I'm good with it. So um, any closing arguments before we move on to some Ozark talk? Just watch the show. If not, go read go read a couple Moon Knight comics. Get familiarized with the character because he is kind of confusing. Read up on him a little bit just so you kind of understand the multiple personalities, kind of where his head's at. If you just do a quick, you know, synopsis, I think you'll be fine. Sam, this is the, since the show launched, this is the third time we have talked about it. We talked about the premiere. We talked about it halfway through. And now we've talked about it as at its conclusion. We talked for 12 minutes today, spoilers of the entire series. And then we talked, I would say, probably somewhere along the lines of 15 minutes to 25 minutes, somewhere in there total. So you probably got about 40 minutes or so of Moon Knight talk. Do you feel satisfied after waiting for three plus years for the show to come out that you that you got to that you got to say your piece i mean i would definitely say i'm satisfied because i enjoyed the show i'm not going to sit on pedestal and say it's the best show ever no you will not see the show show up on my end of the year top three because I, I there's already some bangers on there but i think it's definitely it was i'm, I'm so glad they made it because it was a long time coming but like I'm just glad we got it. The, the Easter eggs were there. The characters were there. The show's there. Oscar showed us that he could do it. Now, let's just hope that enough people watched it that we can get a season two and we can continue seeing more Moon Knight. Speaking of your end of year list, I don't know where it's going to fall for mine, um, but Winning Time just had its finale. I, I, it, I've been hearing was, rave it was, reviews. It was, it was great. It was great. I, it I heard it. Up. I think it was Joey Coco D. He goes, if John C. Ryan don't fucking win nothing, I'll never watch nothing again. <laughs> it's it's really it held up the whole series. There was one turd, I think episode three. There was one turd out of nine, I think. And it just it was so good, Sam. You'll love it. You really will. The only people that are hating on it that I've heard are the old heads on the talk radio, like WIP and them, that are all like lived it and they're like, This isn't accurate. No shit. It's Adam McKay. The guy doesn't make uber yeah. realistic shit. So it's, it's a TV show. Yeah. It's it's yeah. I loved every second. So it was I think it's awesome. really good. I cannot wait for you it's to dive in. It's on my list. It's on my list. It's going to be a sleeper hit for you, I'm sure. Uh, now we're going to do spoiler free talk. So you just had 13 minutes of Moon Knight spoilers. Now we're going to go back to spoiler free. Don't feel like you have to fast forward if you don't want to. The final seven episodes of Ozark are out. I'm halfway through the. Ha- I'm at the halfway point. I'm halfway through episode four. So like I'm. I'm in the home stretch. I gotta be cautious. Sam is completely done. Yes, he has to be cautious. I turned it over to you for Moon Knight. I'm gonna turn it over to you for Ozark. I'll slip in some opinions where I can, but this is your show, Sam. Hit us with your end of Ozark. It's done. We're never getting another episode. Uh, was it worth it? So, total of 44 episodes in the entire series on Netflix. I, I, it, it's a good show. It's a really good show. I think one thing that hurt this show for me big time, like crippled it, was the split. Releasing the in part episodes? one. 
part one, part two. Wow. I think that hurt it for, for me from, you know, we got the first part January 21st and we got the rest April 29th. I, I don't know, just the weight of that. It, it, it just took something away after it ended. It, it, the part one ended on such a high. I was like, oh shit, oh shit. And then part two came along and I just felt like pieces started falling apart. Um, again, I, I, I love the, the actors involved. Jason Bateman, Laurie, uh, Laura Linney. Everyone's good. They're all good. It's for just something reason. The, the story, it didn't 100% land with me. Nothing. There was no big shocker for me. As I was watching with it, Kelly, I kind of like predicted kind of what I ha- what I had, and I was like ninety seven percent right, which is you know again great, which is good because you know the hints are there, they're kind of you know they're expected. So if you paid attention, you sh- it's not going to take a brain surgeon to figure it out, but it, it just didn't, it just didn't. I don't. I felt like it, it was missing something. The ending came, it rolled, and I was like, okay, you know that's, yeah, okay. I I don't think it will be on my end of the year list. Um, as I'm halfway through it, I will say, given the way part one ended, I actually disagree. And I feel like the way part two begins is actually necessitated the split, believe it or not. Um, and without telling you what happens in episode, the last, the, the mid season part and the, and the debut of part two without getting into exactly what happens for those who haven't watched it yet. Mm-hmm. I feel like the weight of the, of the way it ended would not have been felt if you could just flip on the next one, because there's an event at the end of the first one that happens where there are just desserts. And I feel like without the break, those just desserts may not be felt. It's one of those things where if you're watching the show for the first time in the future, when it's done already, aka now, like if you started it now, you won't get that effect because you're going to stop episode seven. You're going to be like, holy fucking shit. And you get the opportunity to go right into episode eight where it's all tied up nice and neatly into a bow. And it's like, well, fuck for us. We waited those two months and got to sit on the moment and how is it going to start and how is it going to start? And when those just desserts are served, it felt to me appropriate because it felt like a two month wait, even though the next time we watch it, we can go right to the next episode. It will not carry the weight. So I actually appreciate the split for just that one moment, because after that one moment in the premiere, and you know which one I'm talking about, there should be carpet. There's no way that floor is hard. That is a fucking problem. But anyway, um, I am bored. I'm pretty fucking bored. I don't love it. And uh, and uh, the show, I remember back in season one saying that this was a 10 out of 10. We were off like all, all over. I was. I know you hadn't watched it just yet. And you actually have some some pretty valid nitpicks about season one. So like. I was over the moon and I thought it was breaking bad, better call Saul and Ozark right there with them. And then season two happened and then season three happened, which is my least favorite season by fucking far. And now season four, I have three and a half episodes left 
And I still, I'm in no rush. I'm in no, like, tomorrow night, are we going to watch them when we don't have a pod to do? No, I'm going to watch the Sixers. Well, like, I, as you should. It's, it's game But, like, but I could, I don't care. I'm not a basketball diehard. I could put that shit on, on my iPad and watch, you know, Ozark on the TV and then watch the Phils at 10-10 as they play the Dodgers. But I'm not. I'm going to just watch the Sixers. And so, like, I'm not in any rush. Friday, I can't. Saturday we can't. Sunday we might, I guess. I, but like, there's no but, time but on the horizon so, when we're gonna get know, back. The to more, it. I, the more you're talking, I was like, you're kind of like, I feel like you're going into my point. Like, I feel like if you went into it on that high of her screaming at the end, I feel like you might be a little bit more interested than, you know. Again, life happens. Three month, four month wait happens. You you, you kind of lose that hype a little bit. You see the first episode. Oh, it ends crazy. And the second one kind of, you know, okay, a little slower, a little slower, a little slower. Things get a little sloppier than a certain characters there that I really didn't care for. And I was like, oh, it, it, it kind of drug, like you said, it was your board. It drug out a little bit. And I feel like they drugged their feet. And I, I don't think, I mean, again, I, I thought it was an okay ending. It wasn't the worst I ever seen. It was far from the best somewhere in the middle. I, I, w- I would still recommend everyone watch the show because I like you said season one. Besides the password and my other little stupid nitpick of the guy not hearing the guy come up. Besides that, I think the first season was was probably my favorite. First or eh, maybe first or third. I, I did like the third. I hated. The I know. Third. I know you hate the third. I know you did. I I, I like Tom. And, and and guess what? Without telling anybody out there why I hated the third, Sam, the two characters they introduced in those seasons yeah. in that season are both gone. So what the fuck point did they serve? None. Zero who gives a shit about them. So like the reason I hate when they just just randomly pop in uh, my brother Sam in Uncharted 4 and make you want to care. Well, guess what? This show said <laughs> you cared about them. They're both gone. Fuck you. It's like they're pointless. Both of those introductions are pointless. So. Yeah. It, it just reiterated how much I hated season three of as a useless season. I think that's the word I said, but all those years ago was that it was useless. And now this is still feels useless. Now I have three and a half episodes left. Should I care a little bit more and speaking strictly of the ending and how, and how everything wraps, should I care a little bit more? Should I put a little bit more pep in my step to watch this? Am, am I in for anything at least a, uh, crazy event or am i just gonna kind of coast to the finish line you owe it to yourself to finish it i mean you that's not what i'm asking though like am i am i gonna get a big thing here am i coasting just give me that there's there's definitely going to be like characters that we've seen for a long time that probably aren't going to make it cool all right so there's there's at least consequences yes i'll say that and i'll just say i just i wanted more so uh, I I wasn't fully satisfied. Played it a little safe, he says. I I'm I got pissed. it. I, I'm pissed. If I Wendy... don't want to say anymore, I don't want to say anymore. I, I I really don't because you have four episodes left. I'm pretty sure I know exactly where you left off, and it just shit happens that you're like, oh, oh, okay. It it just felt a little flat when you see when we if we could talk spoilers, then I'll, I'll say a couple things I I just didn't like. Um. Let's see, season four has 83% of Rotten Tomatoes. Season three is rated the best at 98%. To me, it's which like it, an yeah. Dude, which like it's it highest to lowest is three, four, two, one. Get and that like one's rated the lowest. Wow. Get out of here. 
Yeah. It's the best um, season. It's not even close. I, I would th- one and three are my favorites. I, I would have to rewatch again, but the they're the two episode, that don't come to my mind. The first half of the first episode alone is a 10 out of 10. I yeah. want to go back just to watch the first episode. I might put that on when I'm editing tonight, yeah. just so I can remember when it was good. There's yeah, there's definitely some characters that I, I miss that aren't around anymore. Like I, the I, guy I, Wendy was cheating with that fell to his death out of a, oh, I want to see him again. What's his name? Don't remember. Who cares? I don't remember. He, he, you still only saw him for like five minutes. He got thrown out of the yeah. 10 story building. Yeah. Four minutes was him falling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I mean, Hey, it's on Netflix. Like, it, it's worth the watch, especially if you already watched the first season. Like, you know what you're in for. The, the acting was, everyone's fantastic. It just, I just felt like they didn't, they didn't stick that landing. All I know is that, Marty Bird and Wendy Bird are just so clearly the worst parents ever. Just ever. Just ever. This is not a spoiler, but in part two of season four here, these episodes I just watched, I I forget if it's the one I'm on now or the previous episode. Marty drives to a motel where Jonah is at, and Jonah is now living there. He's like 14, and just because he hates his mommy... He doesn't live at home. He lives at a motel. And and Jason Bateman just drives up. You okay? You want to ride to school? No. All right. See you later. Like, do you want me to go grocery shopping for you? His response? <laughs> I'm good. Okay. No more inquisitive. Nothing. You're not going to ask him another question. You're not going to be like, no. Well, do you have food? Do you have water? Do you have underpants? Do you have this? Do you have that? Let me drive you to school, my kin, my blood, my child. No. He's like, all right. See you later, shithead. It's like... I was like, if I ever treated my girls like that, I'm going to just walk into a sewer, just like right <laughs> over one of the caps, fall down and just go to just go to sleep in the poopy. I'm yeah, you, done. You you know, the parents not to be at least. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like they, like Wendy Bird makes Skylar White look like mom of the year. So that's where I'm at on that. Uh, uh, but I, as a character, I still hate Skylar more. I have a poll on Twitter. Follow me at Greg talks a lot in the next 12 hours and uh, vote on that right now. It's tied as to who the worst parent is. But again, I don't know how Wendy bird her arc ends. So I, I can't even make that call myself yet. Sam, anything else you want to add to Ozark before we actually dive into some news? Yeah, just, just, just check it on Netflix and, and let us, and if you finish it, slide in our DMS comment, let us know what you felt about it. Jackass is being revived as a Paramount Plus exclusive series. The movie was good because it was a small chunk, but now we're going to get a lot bigger chunk with some old motherfuckers. What do you think? Okay, no, is all the old guys and the new cast coming back, or is it just mainly the new cast with little cameos from the old cast? That's what I would imagine. I think we're in the new jackass realm, but like at the same time, the name carries weight, sure, but the characters, the guys, yeah. the girls, they're the ones that bring it. So like, if you watch the first episode and Knoxville's not in it, and there's one Wee Man skit, it's like because the new people in the movie weren't funny, weren't very good. You watched it for Pontius and Brandon. Well, Brandon Deco's not in it, but like Pontius and and th- and that car- those guys. I don't think they're going to be doing that to their bodies that much longer. I think we're going to get a newer cast and like, God damn it, you know, like Danger Aaron's cool, but like, what a day for his balls for real. But like, but, I mean, that's who I want to see, not the new. Yeah, yes. I mean, Knoxville's fifty-one, Steve-O forty-seven, Preston Lacey's fifty-two. Like, 
these guys can't do it much longer. So I can. But they I had can, they had that new fat guy who was doing all this stuff. It's like I mean, yeah, he was. I mean, funny Zach Holmes. All. Zach Holmes. He was known for doing like he was on that motorbike, just going off like uh, just crashing his motorbike into horrible shit. Like he took a beating. Also, yeah. I mean, I get. I I wouldn't say he's necessarily funny, but my man took a beating. <sighs> to me, it's. Yeah, the stunts are great, and that's why you watch. But the yeah. personalities and like the way they handle the punishment and the way they laugh about it—that's what I go f- like. That's what I stay for. You go for the funny stunts. You stay for the people, and it's yeah. funny how you make a connection to characters that ride in shopping carts get launched into bushes, and you're like, "That's my idol." But like, yeah. it kind of came to be who we grew up with, and like, you kind of got to know him. I don't necessarily care about a new generation of jackasses as much because I can go on YouTube and watch stupid stunts all day. So if yeah. I'm getting jackass, I want the jackass crew because they're the ones who made it more than just a YouTube video. If you catch my drift. I mean, so I mean, it, unless they just, they're there in it a lot, but a lot of the younger cast do, I guess the hardcore stunts and the, you know, the older guys do, you know, some of the stunts, but they're not going to go crazy. Like, I don't think we're ever going to see Steve-O put a car in a condom and shove it up his ass anymore. Right. I, it, this is more like, oh, we're going to walk into a room, but it'll be a it'll be a wall and painted. And they'll walk into it and it'll be funnier. Like, the punching bag comes out of the yeah. car. Like, yeah. that stuff. Which is funny as shit to me. It's like, that's yeah. the stuff. When they went to get the taco truck and, like, the, the thing popped out when they were getting their tacos. During, uh, that shit was funny. Like, that's the smaller stuff. That I like actually, Jackass. Some of the stuff I like the most is the skateboarding parts. The little like thirty second clips of Wee Man in a in a Oompa Loompa thing doing tray yeah. flips down a street. I liked it. And it's like, are we gonna get that, or is it just gonna be stunt after stunt after stunt? What's gonna break up that stunt monotony so it doesn't become like you know? Well, I think that maybe that's when you do like the little cameos. Like this movie, you had you know the last movie that came out. You you know Rob Deerdick, Eric Andre, Francis Naganu. Tony Hawk, Tyler Crater, Machine Gun Kelly. I think they have to keep it like that just to keep it fresh. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it going to be a Paramount Plus exclusive series, so I don't expect it. It's going to be probably 10 episodes or six, shorter. I was thinking six to eight. Okay. Like, let, that no more than that'll 10, give you the length. No more than 10. That'll give you the length of a movie. So, like, and now the first four of the first three are on Netflix now, and the fourth one's coming in two weeks. So like you're gonna be able to get a lot of that content um, and relive it. So like you know I think like as much as I don't like Machine Gun Kelly, his piece where he was doing the race, I think it was Steve-O or I can't yeah, remember Steve-O. It was nice because you have an old school member and a cameo. So if they like do the new school people, pair them with an old school just to give us the face that we we can recognize. And I think that's much more palatable. Well, than just new person, new person. Well, new person. again, you, you have Sebo, all the all the OG CKY guys. Babe, you got us. Machine Gun Kelly, all the younger crowd, the new guys. You got him. So they're literally trying to bring in everyone, which is a smart play. I can't blame them. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say before we get rocking and rolling on the next I mean, story? I'm going to give the show a chance. I got to. Yeah. I'm a sucker for this. It can't be worse than Halo. So there's that. New Halo. episode out tomorrow. <laughs> Halo blows. Dude, Halo the last the last blow. two episodes, I, I think our boy Chris Shriver tweeted out episode five, and I and I told you episode five was the best episode they had, and then he goes, "Man, Halo episode five. and I was like, "We'll get ready." Epi- 
episode six and seven was a snooze fest. He's like, ah, crud. <laughs> yeah, I just have no interest. I'm completely over that show. I don't ever think I'm going to go back. Obi-Wan Kenobi dropped a second trailer. Some big stuff in it. What'd you think? Don't, please don't show me anything more. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. This is going to be the best thing since Mandalorian. This is what I probably wish I could have seen all them years ago. Or when I watched the old ones, I just see the old Obi-Wan. I'm like, oh, it's you and McGregor. I, that, that's, that's you know, the old guy, his fight. I, I can't even take it serious. But for this six episodes, it's going to fly by, I'm sure, even faster than Moon Knight to get John Williams back. I mean, this is, it's got everything. You know, we, Hayden Christensen's you and McGregor. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, jo- Joel Edgerton. And uh, who was the one guy we saw? A quick cameo. Kumal Nanjianji. Kumal Nanjianji? Is that how you say his name? Nanjianji. Yeah. They only showed him for a quick second. And uh, what's his name? And Ice Cube's son's in it also. Interesting. Ice Cube's so son? Ice Cube's son. O'Shea Jackson Jr. Cool. So, again, I, I, I'm i just happy to see. Oh, yeah. I forgot Rupert Friend. He's playing Grand, Grand Inquisitor. He was awesome in Homeland. I, I'm I'm just so happy to see Ewan McGregor back. It's been years, and he said it was the most fun he's ever had shooting anything. I mean, of course. I mean, you have all these years, all the build-up people, you know, hearing him, just hearing him tell stories on talk shows. You know him. He's doing the rounds. Uh, I am excited to see him and Darth Vader go at it again. <clears throat> don't. I... I know you're trying to you're bile up all that excitement. Please don't let it. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to pull a line from my favorite movie of all time. That thing you do as I describe my hype for Obi-Wan Kenobi. A one, a two, a one, two, three. I quit. I quit. I quit. I quit Mr. White. And that's how I feel about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Am I going to watch it? Yes. Am I going to like it? Probably. Do I give a shit? Nah. And I've come to accept that fact. I've come to accept that no matter how much I want to like Star Wars, I'm just not gonna. Until they have the fucking nutsack to move away from the Skywalker character base, not just the lineage or that era. I mean everyone we've ever known and just tell a new fucking story. Like a 100% new story. I'm good. Because this one ain't doing it for me it's just i don't care the only characters the only characters i'd want to see a spinoff from or back from that era is qui-gon jinn and darth maul the only two characters darth maul being at the top of my list he is the coolest fucking looking character like in almost he is so he's the best thing in star wars to me at least Obviously, like Darth Vader and stuff like that. But like, man, Darth Maul was so cool. And it's like, are we ever going to see him again outside of an animated show? Can we get something there? That's about what I would accept from this era of Star Wars. Can you please tell me a different story? You got the High Republic stuff. You got the video game stuff to draw from. Even KOTOR. Even go to the Knights of the Old Republic. Hell, Game of Thrones is coming out with a prequel series where they're going to the Targaryen lineage but not the characters we know. It's hundreds of years before Game of Thrones proper. So it's going to introduce us to new characters, new this, new that, with themes and and like lineages that we're familiar with. Can Star Wars do something like that? It's getting there, like the Mandalorian, 
is the best Star Wars show that yeah, ever happened. Agreed. Agreed. You know, it's probably the best piece of Star Wars content that ever happened. So, like, maybe episode one racer, but that's, that's another story for another day. Um, I am just over these characters. And that's not to say I don't, I hate it. I'm just bored of it. And I've just come to accept that Star Wars, it's just not my jam. It's just, that's what it is. I'll watch it. I might enjoy it, but it's not going to stick with me. It's never going to, it's never going to sniff my list at the end of the year. I like Hayden Christensen a lot, a lot, a lot. He's probably the reason I'm going to watch this show. If he wasn't confirmed to be coming back, I don't know that I'd be running just for you and McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi again. And I'm sorry that I feel that way, but that is how, unfortunately, I feel. I mean, I totally agree with you that I, I've been ready to, to move, especially after the, the three newest movies we got. I'm ready to go well past Skywalker. I'm tired of seeing Palpatine. I'm over it. I'm, I'm fucking over it. So this one, this take this takes ten years after the events of Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, where he's watching over Luke Skywalker on Tatooine, and he finds himself embarking on a roll-licking adventure. That is quoted, not for me, Rolicking? from them. It says roll-licking. Spell it. R o l l i c k i n g. Oh, rollicking. 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 Ah, still stupid as fuck. I would just say frolicking, but yeah. <laughs> just there's a lot of other. Who wrote just that? IG- Who wrote that? IGN? Like they could probably come up with. Well, this it, is on, it's on Wiki. I was just kidding. I guess it's because IGN sometimes writes dumb words. <laughs> that, that sentence. You're not, you're not wrong. But I, reading this real fast, I do love Hayden Christian. He did say that he rewatched all the Skywalker saga films as well as the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars, and the the Rebels series. Prepare for it. He said he felt that the animated series did a lot with these characters that I needed to make sure that I wanted to bring the best that I could to this this TV show. So I gotta love his you know enthusiasm for it. All right. Um, I'm sorry to all the people out there that that threw. I know and now I know why our ratings are down because I'm just check, check, check out. You, well, you check out extra techie for the Star Wars. That's your Star Wars guy. Whatever he calls himself nowadays. Uh, <laughs> he's gone through more name changes. Well, we haven't gone through any. So I guess that was a bad joke that I could have made. Damien's gone through a lot. So there's that. Uh, the Umbrella Academy season three premieres June 22nd on Netflix. I don't know. If, did they release a trailer? No, but they released a bunch of stills of the characters. Did you see all those? I, the, the only the I guess that is all like a, a what's the word um, when it pomorph pomorphifies pomorphize whatever when Perm- it's like sentient. Duh, that's that, I think that's what okay. Like a sentient box. They have the one dude whose face is melting off. Like it got all like you saw that like the super yeah, ugly. Yeah, face. just from what what I remember of where it left off of season two's cliffhanger was. The Sparrow Academy. So yeah, and that's who this is. The Sparrow yeah. Academy is like the younger, and so like you now you have uh, Ezekiel. Is that Elliot Page's new character that they wrote in for him as a trans character? I can't remember. I think it's Ezekiel, or they they accommodated uh, uh, Ezekiel. I almost called him Ezekiel. Elliot Page's uh, transition. So that was a really neat touch there. I appreciate the show for doing that. But that guy with the runny face. The blobby, disgusting face. That's Jake Epstein, who plays Craig on Degrassi, who I uh, 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 have identified with for a very long time. Similar names, similar background. Not the family drama, but 
drama. I call it drama. It's much, much more serious. Episode one and two, season two. Very heartwarming. I'm not heartwarming, heartbreaking. Holy shit. I'm off my rocker tonight. It's it's we're <laughs> it's like we got, it's been a long week. We got a long show ahead of us and we're already an hour in, so this is gonna be a big one. Um I am in a similar place with this show that I am with like I'm trying to think of like a comp show. Uh Mandalorian, maybe? No, I care about Mandalorian more. This is the type of show where like I am if it told me it was coming out in December versus June, I'd be like, all right, whatever. I don't care. I'll wait as long as it needs to be. And when it gets here, I'll watch it. I'm yeah. sure I'll enjoy it. But this isn't the show that I'm like uber hyped on. This isn't the boys where I'm like counting down the weeks until I get to watch it again. There's- it's good. Season yeah. two is better than season one, but it's surely not gripping and fantastic. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I enjoyed season two a lot better than season one. Um, again, there's been... Season two came out July 31st, 2020. So basically have freaking over two years since the last. So I, I kind of forget a lot of what the hell happened. So hopefully they throw in a little recap for me in the beginning of season three. I mean, I'll watch it. I, I don't think this will be something that'll be binged in a day or two, but I'll definitely check it out. And this is also, I can see like Ashley actually likes it too. So it's a show we watch together. I can also see this being like an Ozark thing where it's like, this one might take us a little while. Um, and I'm not going to be in a rush to watch it the second it drops, like the day it comes out June 22nd. I will, I'll be coming off my high. That is, um, the Nintendo direct that's going to happen the week before that. And the Xbox showcase and summer game fest, I'll still be in video game mode and Mario strikers will just had come out on June 10th. So like, I'm going to be just fine in terms of like my shit in June. Plus I think the boys hits in June. And Stranger Things hits at the end of May. We're in Stranger Things month. We're like two weeks away, um, two and a half weeks, which is crazy. We're definitely going to be having crazy conversations about that show. Um, stay tuned for all that uh, Stranger Things talk, spoiler free and spoilerific. So we got lots to look forward to. Um, uh, uh, Only Murders in the Building comes back, I think, the same day. And I'll watch that show a hundred times before I go to the Umbrella Academy. So. There's just like, it'll be watched by the time we do our end of year ratings. That's where I'll, I'll leave it at that, I guess. Uh, the CW has canceled DC's Legends of Tomorrow and Batwoman. And one thing I could say is Legends of Tomorrow, it definitely lasted well longer than anyone thought it ever had a right to. I mean, just just to get like, when they first got the show, I don't even think they knew what the, the hell to do yet. Like th- I feel like this show really found its footing in like season three or four, and then people just started to freaking love it. To bring the one thing that really like I loved about it is when they brought Matt Ryan back as John Constantine. He mm-hmm. kind of ca- I think I think he cameoed in three and then came as a regular for four through six. I think he cameoed on the uh, a little bit for the seventh season. Um, it, the writing was on the walls. Kind of you, you kind of uh, you know there was articles prior like CW was losing money. That obviously all the superhero shows were too expensive. Batwoman kind of makes more sense. Canceled after three seasons with the season one of Ruby Rose. She left and then they kind of brought on. Um, what's her name? Uh, uh, Javica Leslie, which I, I thought she was OK. I saw season two. I just thought it was OK. Nothing special. Um, I never I didn't see anything as the, the final season for season three. So I can't even comment on it. But I know that they introduced, I believe it was Poison Ivy. Um, I think there might have been someone else. I, maybe Mad Hatter. Anything else, I I don't even know what it was about. Maybe one day I'll watch it. But 
Batwoman's definitely on the back burner. Legends of Tomorrow is something that it had a solid run to go seven seasons, 110 episodes. Like, that's something to be freaking proud of. Uh, I'd never turned on a second of either one of these shows. The only thing I'll say is I'll miss Jonah Hex, our boy Jonathan Sheck. Yep, that was our boy. And I, he sh- and he also showed up, I think, in two or three episodes. So, again, like, I mean, you had so many, like, Victor Garber, Brandon Ralph, Katie Lotz, uh, Dominic Purcell, Wentworth Miller, Nick Zano, Matt Ryan, Courtney Ford. I mean, the cast just... It got. I give them credit. They kept coming back of rotating characters, heroes, villains. I mean, I'm sure it was fun as hell to act on because you know they're traveling all over the world at different times. I'm sure it was a blast to shoot. Had a solid run. Got to be proud. This is a Greg story. If there ever was one, um, this next one. You want to talk about like Umbrella Academy releasing June 22nd? Well, just a week before that, we're getting an all new Iron Chef series. Back as a Netflix original debuting June 15th. I and that's fast. I know. I love the original Japanese yep. Iron Chef. Quizon! Go ahead, Ota. I love that show. Iron Chef America is fine. I like Alton Brown a lot. I like Alton Brown for Good Eats. He'll be back along so with... Much shit. <laughs> yeah, he'll be back along with somebody else. I can't remember. And the original guy from the Japanese one. So like, we're going to get a lot of that to me though, the commentary from the Japanese show is just so good. I, there is number one, YouTube has like a hundred old, uh, iron chef, Japan episodes. And number two, Twitch has an iron chef channel that shows old Japanese iron chefs, 24 hours a day. So like anytime I want, I can get a fix of my old school one. America with like Bobby Flay. I don't really care for Bobby Flay too, too much outside of grilling and chilling. So like, eh, he closed his steakhouse in the Borgata. He got the fuck out while the going was good. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know who the iron chefs are going to be for this show. They did drop a trailer. Um, it's actually called like, there's actually an iron chef, like battle of the something. I can't remember the actual title of the show, but June 15th, I'm a cooking show nerd. Hopefully if you listen to this pod, You'll know that, especially as I gushed about Julia, which is still a very good show. Um, Iron Chef, look forward to it. June 15th to Netflix. Our last story in TV. We have been on TV since the 17-minute mark. So it's we're now an hour and two in. So tell you, long episode today. Viola Davis is reportedly in talks to star in her own DC spinoff series, which I would imagine would come to HBO Max. It makes sense. I'm just shocked that they're kind of sticking with Viola. I mean, I'm great because she, I mean, she's fantastic as Amanda Waller, uh, playing a, a badass chick that doesn't give a shit about anybody. So I'm interested to see where this goes and what, because there's, there's going to have to be DC villains that who's actually going to be in this. Because I, I imagine it's going to be most, for the most part, a new cast. Um, there is one potential crossover that I could think of, um, and that would be. Um, Danielle Brooks, who played out of bio and peacemaker, her daughter. So like I can see her being yeah, in it. That makes that, perfect sense. And that kind of leads into peacemaker season two. You get a little bit of that crossover, even something like uh, Jennifer Holland, like Harcourt and uh, Economos. Like I can even see them making a small appearance. I don't think there'll be mainstays, but like you could tie together the DC TV universe 
by doing that and then kind of like I said leading into uh, and and, the and they didn't say this James Gunn wasn't attached to this one right he's still no. just strictly this on is, the Peacemaker I, season two uh, there's no show so we don't yeah we don't even know gotcha who the fuck if this is even a thing so like rumors are rumors you take this stuff with a grain of salt we don't tend to report heavily on rumors very often we kind of got to get multiple credible sites yeah. to report on it and then we're like okay we'll go but like if uh, we got movies.com says Marlon Brando is in this new movie I gotta fact check that because I don't even know if he's still alive so he's been there, dead Rest yeah there there that is we can definitely discredit that website let's move into movies at the 104 mark let's move into movies and I want to go back to you you've been doing a lot of talking tonight I appreciate that um, we got impressions spoiler free of course Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. You've seen it. You've witnessed it. You've felt it. You've experienced it. Now you get to talk about it. Okay. Spoiler free. Okay. I, I'm, <laughs> it's right, probably I, very I, tough. I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to pace myself. You know, I, I, I don't, don't I don't envy you. I'll say that. I'm, I, I would recommend everyone to, again, I, you know, I always say go support, you know, superhero movies, Marvel, DC, Image, whatever, whatever it is. Go out. I went theaters. Me and Kelly went. We saw this in IMAX. Pretty empty. I ain't gonna lie. We did see it a little bit earlier, so I don't know if that had something to do with it. But it was overall. Mother's Day. It was Mother's Day. Sure, it, well, it, it <laughs> That's why it was empty because every was, restaurant was, in it, America was full. That's why it was. It was you're right. It, it was. It was all dudes in there. <laughs> I think Kelly might have been the only chick. Um, if this. I, I ain't gonna lie. I right off the bat, I liked it. Kelly didn't understand a damn thing what was happening, but she still said that she liked it more than Morbius, a lot more. So it says something. Again, she didn't. Well, there's watch your bar. There's your bar. again. So someone who really doesn't watch any of the Marvel movies watched a few, a few Spider Mans here and there, but didn't really watch as many as you should. But my my, I would say Elizabeth Olsen off the bat was freaking fantastic. She was an absolute badass. I love her as the Scarlet Witch. That was one of the best castings ever. It, it's so funny. I I didn't like WandaVision, but I loved her in Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Um, Cumberbatch, he was he was always good. I, I I never doubted him as Doctor Strange. We already know that he can do it. The one character for me that I, I thought I was literally going to freaking hate was America Chavez. I can't pronounce her first name, so I'm just going to call her Ms. Gomez. And her power is she can just basically punch a, a, a portal to like another dimension. It's like a cheat code. That's her power. It's just I can go to every dimension. I can I can just pop in and out of everywhere. Um, this was the highest grossing film for Sam Raimi, which was always good to see. Movie had a two hundred already, already. Yep, two hundred million dollar budget. It already made over five hundred and eight million dollars at the box office. And you know this is I, I could see this one crossing a billion, no problem. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, real quick before I kind of give seventy five percent. I think I gave this movie an eight out of ten, and I I'm gonna stick with my eight out of ten. I I think that's warranted. There's definitely a few moments where it, it missed for me, just straight up missed. There were there was there was definitely a few cameos. The only one I'm gonna say is because we know he we heard his voice on the trailer was Patrick Stewart. Always good. I, I can't even say like more about it. God damn it! I'll have, I'll have to wait until we get in the spoiler. To, maybe maybe if you after you see it, we can pick our top three moments from the film because I would love to give my top three. Two two of them have nothing to do with Doctor Strange or anything. Uh 
I was there. There's a moment in this movie where it pushed PG 13. It, it pushed it. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't call the movie that it should have been rated R. I would just say they, they, they pushed PG 13 to the max. And I, and I loved it because it was the, my favorite scene somewhere. Might have been a little slow somewhere in the little, you know, maybe the first, after the first 10 minutes, maybe, maybe 30 minutes. It kind of, it took slow get going and trying to set up the pieces. But once it got going and it hit that part, I was like, holy shit. That's why the standouts for me were, were Elizabeth Dolph. I, I thought she was the all-star of the film. She was absolutely fantastic. I can't even tell you my favorite part of the of the movie because they didn't even show anything or tease anything with this. So I cannot say anything more about that. Sorry to leave you with just, just that. But I did like, again, I liked uh, America Chavez more than I thought. Her kind of jumping. You got to get to see her origin because again, I never read her in comics. I didn't know shit about her. I was like, "Oh, her superpower. She's got like a cheat code. I get, I can go to any dimension, any world, anything." But to kind of hear her backstory to see how kind of where she came from and you know what happened to her, basically her origin story, uh, you you felt it and it it it, it worked for me. Um, the cameos that they brought in in this in this film, I I I thought were all great. I. I, I will talk more when you've seen it or when we can talk stories because I definitely want to talk because to me it's it's my favorite part and I can't fucking say anything. There was two end credit scenes. Um, the first end credit scene was like the most major one. I'll, I'll just say that you see a new character that I didn't even know who this person was. I'm, I'm not a huge Doctor Strange comic book reader, but after my research, I was like, oh, cool. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, I get it. Then the end credit scene was more like a like a stupid laugh, you know. You don't need like to me at the end. You can you can wait till you see that on Blu-ray. Uh, it, you know, if you don't want to wait ten minutes, I, I get it. But get your little end, little stupid laugh, which was okay. But I, I mean, I got to give it to Sam Raimi. He you know he definitely shoots in his own style. I thought it worked. I thought it everything looked great on IMAX. Special effects were great, and you know, just to kind of see a little couple different you know versions of Doctor Strange that was always fun if you watched what if I think you might understand it a little bit more because I definitely got some some zombie vibes I'll just say that I I, I think I would have to watch it's been a while since I watched the first one but I think I may just because of this battle I may have liked this one a little bit more than the first one but Again, if you're not a huge Strange fan or if you're just coming for WandaVision, Elizabeth Olsen is price of admission alone. How scary? I mean, I think there was one jump scare. I Maybe for younger kids, I could maybe see them being a little maybe a little freaked out of a couple things. But I mean, I, I was okay. I, I, I guess I wasn't, you know me, I'm, I'm not a horror guy, but I wasn't scared once. But the one jump scare, you might be like, whoa, okay, I'm up. I'm up just in case I was slipping. I'm up now. Um, villain slash villains playing well together, like, like, did it make sense? Yes, it, the you you understand complete. I mean, there there shouldn't be too much of surprise, and there, there's definitely some some big surprises midway through. I would say there's definitely some um, some fan moments that Marvel listens to the fans, and this is the one that they. We, we all had like that nod moment of just like, okay, th- thank you, Marvel, for this. That was great. Uh, 
I, I can't say anymore with, without really spoiling it, but I, I think this was a good step in the right direction. I st- still say Spider-Man's uh, newest one is still my favorite Phase 4 Marvel, and I would say this one's number two. Then number three was probably like Shang-Chi, then Eternals, and in case I'm, I might be forgetting but one, but Black Widow. Kind of, yeah, and Black Widow's last. Yeah, so okay, so I was exactly right with my order. So this this kind of number two for me, Definitely see this in theaters. I I will definitely be watching this again when it comes out on Blu-ray. Yeah, I hope to have watched it by tonight, but there was just no chance in hell. Yeah. No chance. You got. Anyway, uh, I just, I hope to see it soon. I have got. Have you been spoiled by anything? Approximately four spoilers. So, yeah, I know. Uh, couple, I know a couple different people that come in the movie that damn. aren't necessarily in the MCU. So, and like, it's funny. I went and I muted Hurts. the words that I need to mute. Da da da. And you know how they get you? They get you when you put when they post those tweets that don't have the hashtag in it or the word strange or multiverse. It's just like, how did he get here? And then it's the person, yeah. and you're like. And it's got 110,000 likes on Twitter. I'm like, you just spoiled it for so many people. Uh, uh, so, that, yeah. That hurts. That hurts. But, I mean, you know, I don't know the context except for one. And the one's pretty big. So like, I, I, all I could say is the one character that shows up. Um, I'll say this. This isn't a spoiler because I'm just going to say initials. JK. Um, that was spoiled. And so was. Uh, oh, what the fuck's his name? Oh, my God. Uh, uh, BC. So they, those okay, two okay, were, those two people were spoiled for me. Hopefully, they don't have big roles. I think one of them does, JK, but I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, oh, you could you could be wrong on your BC. I would check that, but that's okay. I heard it. You know, uh, hopefully we have the same. I, I saw it. I know. So BC, BC is not right. There's not a BC in there. He doesn't make an appearance. Not that I, unless I'm thinking of a wrong BC, write it down to remind me after and I'll, I'll let you know, but yeah. I, I don't know. We'll just talk about it afterwards. Yeah. And I'll just say it and then you'll tell me. I, I'm, I'm going to just write down, ask Greg BC. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be cool if it was a, a Twitter joke that I fell for. That'd be nice. I would appreciate it. I, I yeah, hope. I guess I'll find out when we're done recording. Um, all right. Let's move on. Unless you have anything else you want to say about the movie. Just go say it. Jurassic World Dominion got a trailer. You're going to have to carry us on this one. I forget. I know that they are in the city and there's problems. I mean, they had to kill a guy riding a scooter as a, as a guy who used to oh, you know, yeah, yeah, do some yeah, tail yeah. whips. I was like, oh, come on. How you go to the house? He could be the first one to go. A one-hander, but, no footlander. Yeah. <laughs> it's on video somewhere. But <laughs> this movie cannot be worse than the light. The last movie they came Dominion out with was, bl- was utter dog shit. The Lost, um, oh God, the one where the dinosaurs just fall off cliffs and I cried. It was just horrible. The last world? No, the lost Fallen world. Kingdom? Was Fallen that Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. And, and it made $1.3 It makes me sick. It was utter dog shit. And it was so long ago, bro. I lived... It was 2018. I lived in Horsham. Like, it was crazy how long ago that was. So, 2018. Four years. It's like, what are you doing? I started watching Avatar. There's an un, unrelated... I said I would right. never watch Avatar. But now that they released that trailer for the new one... I went and I started the first one because I'm like, you know, I got to watch it. So I, like I, I saw the trailer like IMAX for Dr. Strange. So I was pretty happy. I feel like I if I'm in that crowd with this type of movie. It's like your daughter's going to love it. Four years later, it doesn't matter that they took this long. Five years almost nope. like and Ten so years. 
No, no, I'm talking about Jurassic. I'm back on. Jurassic. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I, I said I have a very similar vibe of like ten years ain't gonna do shit for Avatar. That movie's gonna slay at the box office. It's gonna oh be great. Gosh. And so I feel like that's the same thing here. Like you just put Jurassic something, and it's gonna make a billion dollars. Doesn't matter how many years in between projects. So like it'll be, it'll do fine at the box office. It's got its draw. Excuse me, I'll be one of them. Because I, you know, no matter how much I hated Fallen Kingdom, I I love the Jurassic franchise. So I, you know, now I got the itch to go watch the original again. Oh, I think that's got to happen. I think it was on Netflix. I have the Blu-ray buried somewhere in my garage. I don't know. I got to get to that. John Watts exits as the director on the Fantastic Four reboot. Uh, I'm my wonder with him is I wonder if he just wants to stick with Spider-Man and not try to juggle Spider-Man and Fantastic Four. That's the only, I mean, I know that he's going, I don't know if he's directing, but I I know he's co-producing the next final destination, the sixth installment. I mean, I can't, I don't, I don't know if if he's going to focus on that one, but it could be something as simple as scheduling conflicts, but also whenever they say schedule conflict, I always think that there's something deeper. You just kind of, this is your mind just happens to go to that. Like what actually happened behind the scenes that made there be scheduling conflicts. And like, um, I think, if it wasn't just happenstance or scheduling conflicts, I would not be shocked if given the success of Spider-Man to the casual fan who didn't know who John Watts was before even No Way Home, does he not want to take a chance on a really risky thing? Because if that flops, that tarnishes the reputation he has now built with the Spider-Man franchise. That's the I only mean, thing to, I can think. To have three you know, well-received Spider-Man movies. But but you're only remembered by your most recent. True, true. People care most about what you just did. It's like, what have you done for me lately? And so, like, that attitude, especially in a Twitter world, could you imagine if this movie flops and all the shit that he would get on Twitter? Uh, I just don't know. That's all speculation. I don't know what his real reason was. Well, and to have the, you know, the Fantastic Four reboot that they did is, it's literally the worst superhero movie made of all time. So, like, that's that's what people think of last. Like at first it was Silver Surfer where it's like I mean I still I thought that movie was okay, but then when people hated that, it they got even more dog shit with the reboot. So I was like, you really can't get worse than that. So it's I feel like the bar's low. So I, I'm really with with Kevin Feige, I have no doubt that Fantastic Four is gonna be fantastic. There, according to multiple sources, Sony has announced El Muerto, a Spider-Man spinoff film that will star Bad Bunny, star of WrestleMania last year, as Marvel's first live-action Latino lead. Currently due out in theaters January twelfth of twenty twenty-four. I mean, and and you want to talk about another character being only in a few issues? El Muerto. I think he's in two comic book Muerto. issues. If, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, Muerto. Um, Bad Bunny was he was on the Super Bowl what two years ago? Yeah, he's in WrestleMania twenty twenty one, I think. You and I, I and I thought he was terrible in the Super Bowl commercial. That's just me. I don't listen to his that at least him as his music style. It's definitely not my cup of tea. El Murto, I I don't give a baker's fuck about that character. Out of all the Spider Man characters in the world to do, they went here. I mean, again, like I'll say, I'm still going to say it. If it comes out super, I'll see it. Keep my bar very low. But just out of all characters, that's the one you went to. Okay. Well, here's my 30,000 foot view. Sony, Spider-Verse, 
spinoff films suck. Sony Spider-Man spinoffs suck. There's some alliteration for you. Venom 1, not great. Guilty Pleasure, not great. Venom 2 sucked. Morbius sucked. Sorry to say it, Craven the Hunter is probably going to suck. Which like, I'm the most nervous about. It's my favorite freaking Spider-Man. There's like a female home. spider, Miss, Miss Webb or something that's in development. Probably going to suck. This movie's probably going to suck. Like, name a good, successful Spider-Man spinoff film, and I'll give you a dollar. You just you just can't do it. So, like, from reputation and surroundings alone, Sony does not... Sony great films do not make. Uh, I, I don't have faith. I just flat out don't. And so... Maybe if Craven, you know, starring Kickass, can get me over that hump, that would be nice. But the only good Sony fil- like Spider-Man films outside of the Raimi trilogy are the ones that Marvel had a hand in, and they're tied directly to the MCU, aka the three Spider-Man Tom Holland films. So like, they're just Amazing Spider-Man Two blows. It just blows. They couldn't even get the main Spider-Man movie right. What makes you think they're going to get El Muerto right? They're not. So I just have zero faith, and I hate to say it, but also Bad Bunny. Is he going to be culturally relevant in 2024? Who knows? And, who, well, and, and so, That and seems so fast, too. Like January 2024, that seems fast. Definitely a fast turn. I I, I don't know who t- someone tweeted. It was like, man, Bad Bunny's going to kill his acting career before it even gets started. <laughs> I won't. I don't doubt that. That is a true statement if I've ever heard one. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and the Marvels have swapped release dates as Ant-Man will now release on February 17th, 2023, and the Marvels thankfully pushed back to July 28th, 2023. I got over a year and change before I have to hear about that fucking movie, so I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we definitely would want to see Ant-Man before the Marvels. I think we both can agree. And this is when we're going to see the different version of Kang the Conqueror. So we will be uh, played by Jonathan Majors. So it'll be a different version of Kang than what we've seen in Loki. I hope to God he was better because I I was bored and I thought it sucked of his performance in Loki. I was not. That did nothing for me at all. So I really hope that they could do something with this. Like we, we love Paul Rudd. Angelina Lilly, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer's, they're all coming back. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what they do. Lee Majors? Lee Majors? <laughs> no, nah, Jonathan, Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors, not Lee Majors. Lee Majors is dead. And I'm, I'm pretty Lee. sure. I'm pretty sure he's dead. Uh, what the fuck is next? A Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel is reportedly in development. Have you seen the original? The first. One? I did not, and Lee Majors is still alive. Oh, good for Lee. He's probably got to be pushing 90. 83. I'm still shocked that, um, again, I think I, I mentioned to you, that uh, Ghostbusters movie, it only made $204 million at the box office. With yeah, a 70, it was a pandemic $75 movie, million dollar budget. It, it was. It was a pandemic movie before, like, I think it even might have came out before widespread vaccination. And, like, when the AMC was, like, you have to sit every 15th seat and wear a mask the whole time. And people were not for that life. I bet you it, it will like do better later, like a post-mortem yeah. success type thing. It'll, it'll have a better rep. Cause I actually liked it. I, I, I saw it. it. I don't think I'm, I'm reading it. That, it but. sold a boatload of Blu-rays sold over yeah. 300,000 copies of Blu-rays. So, and, and, and counting at 25 bucks a pop, you know, so, 
I, uh, I liked it. I thought it was a pretty good movie. Actually. It's not going to be like my favorite, but I, I, I enjoyed it for sure. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of already, I, I know we're going to, the OGs are going to show up. I like the young cast, Finn Wolf, Harden and Paul Rudd again. I know I'm going to like it. Just, I do like that. Uh, Jason Reitman directed it. The, the son of, uh, obviously his father, um, I can't think of it. Ivan Reitman, Jesus, who directed the originals. So it's good to see that kind of it's still kind of kept in the family. So I'll I'll have to, you know, really put this on top of my list and I'll try to watch this one soon. Uh, Fast X has lost director Justin Lin. After only a week of shooting. That's not good. I, I think it was Vin Diesel, him and clashing on ideas that they him and uh he thought the script was done ben in the studio didn't so tweaking it now that i i last thing i read that it's costing i think universal like a million dollars a day just to keep everyone around and just doing nothing so they they really have to find a director faster because they're they're burning money well this story hit while i think i was on vacation and that was weeks ago and they still haven't i think they're just shooting this movie a quarter mile at a time. That's right. <laughs> hey, you have to try to slip in the joke that's twenty five years old. But hey, it's but it still works though. It does. If if you use it strategically, it works. You know, it's kind of like the Will Smith slap thing. Like if I ever if I ever see it again, it'll be too soon. But like yeah. a well placed one, I'll give it a golf clap. It's, it's deserved. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last thing we have in movies, there was a trailer for a new Netflix, John, that drops June 8th. So, like, June is very, very Netflix busy. Um, they're really earning our $63 a month. Uh, a new Adam Sandler movie where he's a scout for the Sixers. Bobon's in it. Toby's in it. Seth Curry, who will probably come back to the Sixers in the offseason. Miss him. Matisse uh, Thibel. Thibel's in it. Yeah, fuck Matisse Thibel. But, like, other than that. Oh, watch him out. It's, uh, bro, can't play in Toronto. Fuck him. Uh, they're, they're in Miami now. Anyway, hustle. It's like that movie. The scout meets million dollar arm meets Rocky meets basketball. Uh, there was a training montage and shit. I thought it was actually really endearing. I liked it a lot. I'm actually looking forward to an Adam Sandler movie, which I can't tell you the last time yeah. I can say that. You know, we're a little, maybe a little biased in Philadelphia, but you know, the, 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 the premise is a former basketball scout tries to revive his career by recruiting a player with a checkered pass from overseas to play in the NBA. Yeah. Literally this, million dollar arm and yep. the scout. Yep. Like Pro- Brendan you know, Frazier. Pro- produced by LeBron James and Adam Sandler. Yeah. You have Adam Sandler, Queen Latifah, Ben Foster, mm-hmm. and Robert Duvall. So you, you have a very nice cast at like Queen Latifah, uh, but I love Ben Foster. Duvall's a legend, and we got our boy Sandler. And again, you said, but we got our boy Boban. You got Anthony Edwards, Trey Young, Kyle Lowry, Seth Curry, Harris, Matisse, maybe more. That's all we kind of saw in the um in the in the trailer. I didn't they see Trey Young. I, th- I I guess he was on the floor flopping. I didn't get to see. He him. he could have been. But I love that they obviously they shot in Philadelphia, Market Street, the Italian Market, Maniunk, South Philadelphia, and also Camden, New Jersey. So anytime they can kind of shoot Philly close to home, that's well, they shot it at see. the Sixers practice facility because that's in Camden. That's where they, that's where they shot the Camden stuff. Maybe some outside scenes, but they did. They actually went into the Sixers facility. There was actually even shots of Sandler at the Sixers facility, and I was like, oh, I wonder why he's there. And now we know he was Dude, it's, it's June eighth. Oh man. My man was playing at LaSalle's arena every day, some pickup games. It's like, oh, dude, yo, and he can still ball. You know, after, you know, after I graduate, they open a Subway and a Starbucks. They go to the Sweet 16, and Adam Sandler plays basketball there. 
When I'm there, we got nothing. Absolutely. I won a Nintendo Wii. That's the that's the highlight of my three and a half years at LaSalle University. I guess the graduating thing could do wonders too. But that's that. And I'll take it over in gaming. And we'll start off with Microsoft has announced its annual Xbox and Bethesda game showcase for Sunday, June 12th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, and it's cool because like even though there's no E3, they're still acting as if there was E3. Like this is exactly the day that I would have guessed. Excuse me. Uh, if there was an E3 that they would have done their presser. So like, or their games showcase now that we're in a virtual environment, but like this is right on brand. It'll be 90 minutes. It'll be heavy, heavy Starfield, some halo two, some halo infinite season two, hopefully Redfall, avowed. I would love it. If the coalition tier teases the next gears game, I would like it a lot. If they can give us some actual third party stuff, like maybe the new Bioshock or something. I expect a lot of that stuff to show up at like Keeley's event. We'll talk about in a moment, but Xbox has a lot to prove because they keep showing CG trailers for shit that's coming out in the future. But like now's the time because they ruled for a few months last year when they had Forza and Halo in November and December. There was two months there where Xbox was the talk of the town. They had one NPD. They were even outselling the Switch because Nintendo Switch didn't really have a ton last holiday. And PlayStation, we know, was a pretty dry spell as well until earlier this year with Horizon and Elden Ring, even though it's not a console exclusive. So, like, tons uh, of stuff for Xbox to prove. Need gameplay in, like, the worst way. Stop with the CG trailers. We still don't know what Redfall actually is. You've teased, like, so many uh, uh, games with, like, short teasers. Let's see what we're all about here. The only thing I'll accept the tease on is is the next Gears game because I think it's a while off. Um, I think it's in UE5, which would be fantastic. But, like, the one thing. A, give us a banjo game. I'm, I've been saying that forever. B, are we going to see an update to Perfect Dark given a lot of turmoil around, not turmoil, but like a lot of that game was losing its direction and people were leaving the studio. They've gotten a lot of that under control. I wonder if we're going to get a vertical slice of that game because I just need to see Joanna Dark and what it's all about. Cause that's my number one right now. Most anticipated besides Starfield. Um, I know most anticipated game and please give us 20 minutes on Starfield, like blow it out of the water. It's the only chance Xbox has to really Wait. compete with a Sony first party title this year, because you'd imagine it's going to come around. It's going to come out right at, with gen nine for Nintendo. And I would imagine God of war Ragnarok. So like if you just put that up in the pantheon of, people giving a shit it's in third place so yeah. it really has to do a lot it's got to be the skyrim in space that people want l- to be. let's be honest halo has basically Fal- fallen fell- off right i i don't hear anyone talk about it yeah it's got a season two what, what they didn't do was a they messed up the battle pass and progression system it took way way too long to fix it there's no forge and there's just not a lot of content and the map cycle just fucking sucks. It's the reason I stopped playing it. I'm so tired of cycling through those same few maps. And like once you get bored, you don't go back because you have so many options in this day and age. So Halo, X, the Xbox in general has fallen off. 2022 has been incredibly slow for them. And what they need to do, what they need to do is break this up into two showcases per year. 
uh, like give us yeah. one in February and one in like September, August, you know, if E3 is not going to come back, I, if E3 is, then give us one in January and then another one in June. And like, you don't have to win E3 cause there's no E3 to win anymore. And you have Keeley's thing coming on a couple days before you, you have the Nintendo direct. That's my opinion will be June 14th, Tuesday at 12 o'clock. Like that's book it. And so like you're kind of caught in the middle of these two big things again and you'll win. You're, you're doing it on a Sunday. So you're going to win the weekend and then people will forget about you by the time we see Gen 9. So like or Breath of the Wild 2 or the new Mario game or whatever the case may be that Tuesday. So what how you can win is by showing gameplay where people go on YouTube and watch it over and over and over. Maybe release a demo of something. Maybe give us a 20 minute demo of Starfield, something like a planet even. And like, let us get our beaks wet and let's go on Twitch and hype that shit up and watch it. And let's get the Xbox brand winning again, because the only thing I see coming is like X cloud. What's new to game pass. There, there are credible rumors that Xbox is coming out with a streaming device that you can then take anywhere and stream their games. They're also coming out with a, a smart uh, a smart TV app that you can just download and play your Xbox games right on any smart TV, kind of like a Fire Stick type deal. So like that's cool stuff, but if we don't got shit to play, bro, the only game I'm playing on Game Pass right now is MLB The Show, and I hate it. So like... <laughs> there's nothing to play on my Xbox right now. Shit. I'm kind of in a dry spell in general for games, but Xbox is, yeah. Xbox has a lot to prove. I am 50, 50 on if those expectations are going to be met. You could hear me on June 10th. Well, what, what will we record? We'll probably record a bonus. E3. Assuming Assuming it's worth it, right? Well, here's my guess is when we talk about summer game fest in a minute, that's three days before Xbox and you have Nintendo probably on the 14th. So I would imagine those three big events will do like a bonus episode recap of all the big ones. I don't know if Ubisoft's going to do a forward. We know EA is not going to be there this year. So like we'll see the other things that trickle out and like who else is going to have something that week and we'll figure out when we need to figure that out. But I wouldn't be shocked if that week I come out and I say, whoa, what a showcase. They blew it out of the water. But the thing that the inevitable thing that's going to happen, just like the last two years, is Sony is going to do one too. It's not going to be that week. They usually do it in July, so it could be a, week, a month later. But we're going to get a Sony thing. And when Sony inevitably gives us its PS5 showcase for 2022, unless you bring the heat with gameplay slices, you're going to be irrelevant by the time that showcase is over because of all the shit Sony's bringing. Oh God! We don't know what we, Naughty Dog's working on. We haven't. We don't know a God of War announce date, uh, release date. We got to see more of Wolverine, more of Spider Man Two. You know we're going to see trailers of those this year. Oh, so God. like by the time so that, that shit happens, can you imagine a new Uncharted game, The Last of Us Factions, um, uh, and, and God of War? Game, That's all I need, bro. Ga- gameplay of God of War and the two Marvel Done. games. Like Done. Xbox will be irrelevant because guess what? They only do one showcase. Even if they do that and then they blow Nintendo out of the water, Nintendo will do another direct in September and take back the cultural zeitgeist back in at that time. Xbox is like, well, let me put my thumb up my ass and wait a whole year. They got a lot to prove. I'm 50-50 at best if they're going to actually prove it. And you mentioned them. Jeff Keighley's annual Summer Game Fest showcase will be Thursday, June 9th at 2 p.m. Eastern. Expect a lot of ads. 
Expect a lot of dumb shit. Expect an energy drink sponsor at one point for no reason. But this is where we got, I think, Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. Yeah, maybe. It was. No, 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 no. We got a piece. We got April O'Neil was playable at that. Oh, um, yeah. That, that was like, eh. yeah. We yeah, actually got a random April. We actually got a random Twitter drop about the game's announcement. This is where we got Metal Slug Tactics. This is where we got our first looks at Elden Ring. So, like, there are big things that could come. Like I said, if Bioshock's going to make an appearance, this is where I think it'll be at the Game Fest. I hope it's on Xbox's stage, but I think it might be at the Game Fest. Um, this is where if Kojima's working on something, we're going to find out about it here. So, like, this is going to be a big show. It'll be two hours. It'll only need to be an hour, but it'll be two hours. Um, it'll be hot and heavy at the beginning. It'll fall off a cliff for an hour and 15 minutes, and then it might end okay. That's kind of been Keeley's thing. But game news is game news, and I'm happy. Um, I love gaming press conferences. People are like, you get so excited over commercials. Then don't ever watch a movie trailer again, you motherfucker. <laughs> you cannot get excited over a movie trailer. If you think, oh, Nintendo Directs and Sony, and uh, they're all commercials. <laughs> you give them your money. Yeah, I'm happy to. I'm a gamer. Uh, you know, I like trailers. Sorry. So um, it's going to be fun. But again, we'll kind of figure out our cadence around how we're going to deliver that content every year since 2016, 17. We've done E3 bonus episodes dedicated strictly to that. So we'll figure it out because there's no E3 this year. Expect something big. We'll just, we'll kind of figure out what that looks like in the next month or so. Gotham Knights got a 13 minute gameplay blowout. Yeah. uh, Before we talk about the gameplay, because I want to hand it to you. I've done so much talking here so far in the gaming space. Warner Brothers games did cancel the PS4 and Xbox one version. So we're only getting PS five, the series X series S and PC version, which I think is a very good thing. Um, number one, I'll kick it over to you. Number one, do you agree that that's a good thing? Um, even for just game development and number two, what did you think of the gameplay blowout? One, I, I think it's great, especially for, you know, new tech, you know, moving the game graphics, moving it forward rather than to worry about, you know, what you got to do for Xbox and, and PlayStation 4. I mean, yeah, I, I feel bad for the people who couldn't get the new Xbox, the new PS5. Like, yeah, that sucks. I'd be a little butthurt if I didn't have one, too. But if you're if you're lucky enough to have PS5, you're like, oh, great. So now they're kind of focusing on the newer technology. They don't have to worry about kind of making sure that it still plays with the older stuff. So I'm perfectly fine with it. If I didn't have a PS5, maybe I'd be a little bit more butthurt. I am. Yeah, I, I know that the, somebody had commented. I can't remember where and who, but it was something along the lines of, oh, great. They're canceling the version and only giving us the version for people that can't get their hands on these consoles. And speaking of somebody who has all of those consoles, like I worked my ass off to get these consoles. I sat in so many queues trying to get a PS5. I've had one for two, almost two years. I'm happy to say that I have my Series S that I got from Best Buy randomly. Same day I got my OLED, actually. Um, I I have been wanting this for a very long time. I have been saying, why are we keep? Why do we still make PS4 versions? God of War Ragnarok is getting a PS4 version, and we don't know when that game's coming out. Like it's insane how long PS4 has been living on. And PlayStation's done that for a while with their older consoles. They've let the legacy live. They believe in generations, but they don't let the generations die. So like, man, I think MLB, the show still comes to PS2. So, uh, I, 
I'm happy. I'm happy they're just ditching yeah. support for PS4 and focusing solely on current gen because this game looks like it could run just fine on a PS4. No offense. I mean, you know, it looks fine. It doesn't look spectacular. It doesn't run spectacular. Yeah, I was because there was definitely a few moments where it felt like it was chugging along a little bit that you might have been a couple hiccups or look like a little glitch or something. Yeah, dude, um, a guy a three minute mark. I noticed this. I actually posted as a YouTube comment at three minutes. Um, they kill one of the real big, like brute guys uh, on the rooftop together. And then they cut to Nightwing and he's running and he runs right through the enemy. He clips right through him. I'm like, you didn't catch that. How do you I leave mean, that yeah, in the movies? It's still not done yet. They're still How do you leave it? something like that in? Yeah, true, true. It's been two years since we've seen gameplay. Don't you think they had a little I bit mean- of time? I mean, hey, make then sure again, good. Game of Thrones left the Starbucks cup in a final cut. Better call Saul left somebody in the bushes when Mike was waiting with, uh, you know, the nacho scene at the end. There was somebody in the bushes when yeah, Mike yeah. got out of the van. So, yeah. you know, that shit doesn't isn't purpose. But like, this is a video game. You can control if someone's yeah. clipping through an enemy. Yeah. But anyway, what I think it looks like Spider-Man PS4 more than I think it looks like an Arkham game. I think it obviously there's yeah, RPG. I think that's right. You can, that's you can t- turn off. You can make your AI look how you want. Okay, then just don't make it an RPG. I hate forced RPG elements. And if there's one thing that's going to hold me back from loving this game, it's that I don't want to level up as a superhero. I'm a fucking superhero. I'm already strong. Why do I have to get leveled up? Just give me a fun game to go romp around Gotham and beat the shit out of thugs. It's what made the Arkham games great. You're hampering yourself and also giving us four heroes. God damn, we don't need that. It does. It's not necessary. So I have some gripes, but right now Nightwing's probably my go-to. I mean, thankfully Nightwing was my go-to before I saw any of the game. I've loved Nightwing since a kid. I, I love his glider. I thought that was definitely a cool ad. His fighting style, his his sticks. I, I think that all looks he fantastic. fights like Spider Man. Yeah, he, he, he fights he's, just he's, like Spider-Man. he's an acro. He's an acrobat. He's he's going to be fun. He, he is definitely going to be something that I I want to beat up all the enemies with Nightwing. Red Hood, on the other hand, I don't think I want to place him as all. I don't like how his character looks. How bulky they kind of made him. I. I absolutely fucking hate the mystical jump. I mean, what the fuck is that? I, I've never heard bad. of that in my entire life. That's when you need a power to get him around the city and you just make just scrapple. Just scrapple. He was Robin. He, he so it's like they show us the mystical jump and then I think maybe five Grappling makes trailer. him look too much like Spider-Man. Yeah, but but then they show you later him using his grapple. It's like, well, if he has to grapple, what do I need the, the mystical jump for? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it didn't make sense to me. I, I, yeah. I it literally like, and I, I really like Red Hood. Like animated Red Hood is one of the best DC anime movies they have. But right, that I think just off the stupid mystical jump alone, I'm going to be playing as Nightwing, and I will be looking forward to see how Batgirl plays because I'm, I am out on Red Hood. Um, it showed a lot of progression system stuff. It showed questing it showed all that stuff but like there was something that was off and here's what i think it was they showed a cut scene of of nightwing and red hood at a decostumed just talking as dudes yeah yeah and Which they look, look and he looks stupid they looked so fucking awkward 
Night, looked Nightwing so looked okay, but Red Hood just like looked, looked out of place. He looked bulky and squared off and like yeah. just awkward. And like, why are two meatheads talking? You look he's, at he's like, not in Titans, right? You look at Titans and like Dick Grayson is just a dude. Why do we have to make everybody just a little chiseled? Can we not just have it's? It's like it's, you know, it looked well, a little off. It's like again, like Nightwing is an acrobat. He's you know, of course he's muscular, but he's not like Red Hood is like a bulky monster. I was like, no, that looks stupid as shit. And and I, I and I think I've been hearing that quite a bit. I didn't really hear people. I'm sure they are, but I didn't hear people call out the mystical jump. I think I commented on on their YouTube, and I think I got like. 15 likes from random people on YouTube. I was like, did anyone think the mystical jump was stupid as F or is it just me? So I'm glad it wasn't just me and you that, that agreed that it was stupid as shit. I also think I laughed my nuts off when they were like, he fires non-lethal rounds. Like we fucking get it. It's like, but, but it's just like, well, make him lethal. It was I was like, yeah, but I was like, in the comics, he actually kills people. So yeah, you know, he well, shows up with a bag full this, of mobsters' heads. This is a T. You're worried about you know rubber bullets? I was like, uh, out. I am out on Red Hood. Yeah, I'm. I'm assuming we're going to get a similar gameplay blowout for the other two heroes. We'll find that out, and I'll see if one of those two grabs my attention. But right now, Nightwing will be my main through the playthrough, and I'm gonna yeah. turn off every single RPG element that I can, at least uh, uh, visually, because I just don't give a shit. And I wouldn't be shocked if this is a game that I enjoy but don't go back to often. Yeah. And I don't. I would also not be shocked if it does not end up on my game of the year list at the end of the year. If God of War makes it to this year, I would imagine my list will be Gen 9, Legends Arceus, and God of War. But we will find out at that time. Um, anything else about Gotham Knights stick out to you in a positive or negative light before you want to move on? I've just got to wait till October 25th. Oh, so right around Baltimore Comic Con. Awesome. So I know what I get to do when I come back to play it. Sweet. Splatoon 3 has finally been given a release date of September 9th. Yeah, and we we had speculated when Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was moved up over a month into July from September. We had speculated, all right, this means Splatoon's getting an August release date. That was my guess. But now we now know, yes, it was moved up to, to move Splatoon in, but Splatoon is now getting a September release date, which makes sense. I think the bigger thing here for me is... The Octo Expansion DLC, which I think is $20 or $25 for Splatoon 2, is now actually available for free, included in your Nintendo Switch Plus Expansion Pack membership, online membership. So they they keep adding value to that service. It's a DLC that actually came out the month before I traded in Splatoon 2, one of the only two games I've ever traded in for Nintendo Switch. Still regret it. Um Definitely regret it. My wife just asked me, do we still have one to switch? I would love for Helena to play it. I said, honey, don't fucking bring it up. <laughs> I regretfully traded it in. I don't even remember why. I think I paid for Sword and Shield. I think that's what it was. But anyway, um, I am still not on. I'm still kind of out on Splatoon 3. It hasn't excited me since its debut um, in the first Direct in Forever back in 2021. It still did nothing for me. I don't necessarily care it looks like splatoon 2.5 to me it doesn't really do much to to net a new game splatoon is fun but also it has limits to its fun you gotta just do what you do so to me it's about the single player content we don't know too much about that yet i'm gonna pass on splatoon 3 uh pretty hard sony is aiming to launch the new 
PS Plus tiers on June 13th. Yeah, so we could get that $18 a month retro games two-hour trials thing coming pretty soon. Uh, we're talking a month from now, so uh, which is exciting. It's exciting. I'm still not going to do it. Um, I'm going to wait <laughs> to see what games are announced. There was Tekken 2 and... Um, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember. Mr. Digger and Jumping Flash, maybe. We're all data mined. There's a couple other ones that were data mined. And so, like, that, but we figured we're getting Tekken. Of course, we're going to get Tekken. It's all about, like, are we going to get the obscure ones? Can I play the bouncer on my PS5? Like, that to me. That's all even, I want to know. <laughs> even though I own the physical copy and have a PlayStation 2, I will still pay my goddamn $18 just to play the bouncer on my ps5 my worry is like download or stream we've had that conversation till the cows come home um and i'm talking pre ps3 we know the ps3 games will be streamed i'm assuming resistance and stuff like that so maybe just maybe i'll do it for a month or two just to, to get through the resistance out, trilogy yeah. and like see how that works and then you know what other games come to the service but the thing that interests me because you know we got to get some info here soon. So we know we're going to get some info in the next month because it launches. Actually, we're going to get it probably before that. Cause it launches in Japan and Europe, I think in may. So like, we're going to get a good idea of a lot of stuff. I'm sure maybe there'll be different catalogs for different countries. Um, some Japanese exclusive stuff for Japan, this, that, and the other, but we'll get a good idea. Um, they got to let us know that. So I'm looking forward to some news in the next couple of weeks. But the thing that interests me is this game trial thing. And we, Briefly touched on it, but we didn't go too deep. It's actually now come to light what it is, is Sony themselves, not the developers, are going to be creating and curating these two-hour game trials. It'll be two-hour game trials of any game over $34.99. So if you pay this service, if you pay for the fee, the $18 a month fee, you'll get access to trials for every game on PlayStation that is over $34.95 or 99 whatever, cents. So the problem with that is you're paying monthly to get the trial and then have yeah. to pay for the game for full price where game pass. You're just like, Oh, it's not a trial. It's just the whole game. It's here. Got it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So that's your big thing is like, you're paying to pay. Yeah. But, but if it's you get start. to tell me that I get to play something like horizon forbidden West for two hours to try it out or, you know, even for somebody who's like into God of War, but they're no, not sure God yet. Of War. Gotham you know, Knights. Gotham. Well, I don't know. I think it might be Sony first party. I don't know. Ah, gotcha. If, I just don't know. So that's that's all stuff that has to come out still. But if Gotham Knights is a part of that or Suicide Squad kills the Justice League, something like that, I think could be really interesting. Um, so we'll we'll see. Right now, they don't have my money. I need to see what's included. I got to know more about these game trials, but we'll know more because we're going to be getting it in just one month. Abroxia 2 is available now on PS5 as a free update with an all-new trophy list. 57 new trophies for oh, nothing? Nice. For nothing? Now, the game plays identically. There's nothing new to the PS5 version from the PS4. They did add DualSense support. So, like, nice, haptic nice. Triver, trigger feedback and all that. Haptic feedback and, like, the adaptive triggers. All that cool stuff. So, it is cool when I'm firing my secondary weapon. I actually got to push down on it and I feel that grip back on the controller. That's still a neat touch. I'll never get... That'll never get old. Um, if only PlayStation controllers lasted longer than an hour and a half on one charge. But, again, neither here nor there. 
it plays identical to the PS4 version. It's still my fourth favorite game of last year. So like I have nothing but great things to say about it. The The key here is that this brand new version for the PS5 is free. Um, you just download it. That's all you got to do. It's a beautiful thing. This new trophy list, as Colin Moore already put it, is stupid hard. It's it's a killer trophy list. They wanted to do it on purpose, where the PS4 version gives you the beat the game, beat new game plus, beat a level without you know getting hit, whatever, whatever, whatever. This game, this one, you have to beat every level without getting touched for trophies, and that includes the bosses. And this game is hard as nails. That will you know I think like two people got it so far. The platinum. Um, you got to beat the speed run. Uh, boost rush modes all three of them without dying which is fucking hard like it's it's so crazy stupid hard beat 50 enemies in one level but with just this one weapon it's it's like this trophy list is killer difficult i think i only have 18 trophies out of the 57 and i beat the game four times already i beat new game new game plus new game plus plus and then i went back and beat new game plus plus again so like or new game plus again, because that's where the trophies unlock at. So like I'm trying and it's just so hard. I get into a level. There is nothing more frustrating than getting halfway through. a. This is a shoot 'em up. I mean, there's enemies just everywhere. Nothing like getting halfway through a level. You're feeling good. And then a random ass stray bullet hits your ship. And then that just like, Oh, you got hurt. So there goes the trophy like fuck. So <laughs> it's, it's just as good as it ever was. It's only 10 bucks. You get both versions both trophy lists it's an unbeatable value it's the reason i like shmups now i am over the moon for herbroxia too the sg dq 2022 games list is live yeah and it's gonna be a hybrid event we're gonna get an in-person gdq again for the first time since january 2020 which is just great now runners do have an option of doing remote which is great um, I appreciate that. Now, as usual, I won't go through every single game. There's 171 hours and 14 minutes of games being played um, at SGDQ 2022. I think it's the last week of June. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but here are just some of the games that stuck out to me. Advance Wars on the DS in an hour and five minutes. Altered Beast Co-op in eight minutes. Banjo-Tooie. Any percent, 34 minutes. Blaster Master uh, on the NES. Um, Borderlands 2 in an hour and 15 minutes. Celeste, true ending in an hour. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back, 100% in an hour and 20 minutes. That's PS2 version, nice. Devil May Cry, Dante Must Die, all collectibles in an hour and 30 minutes. Like, that's a tough mode right there, it's, man. It's, it's going to be crazy. Super Nintendo Donkey Kong Country, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, Elden Ring, all remembrances in an hour and 55 minutes. Elden Ring, any percent in 30 minutes. Um, F-Zero GX is going to be fun. Uh, Halo Infinite, all missions, an hour and 25 minutes. I'm actually really looking forward to that one. Um for whatever reason, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, a brand new game just came out in March, but it'll be here in under two hours. Um, I'm saving one of them because I'm psyched on that. I called this one a mile away, but what else we got? We got that you would be interested in too. Uh, what's the Pokemon games? Oh yeah. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl 
in less than four hours. Pokemon nice. Emerald Randomizer. Um, and you have to evolve every single time you gain a level. And that'll be done in three hours and 30 minutes. Um, and that's a race. It's a four-player race. Co-os, co- Chaos Co-op, whatever that means. Pokemon Snap for the N64. That's the, I think that's the first time it's on a GDQ stage in 35 minutes. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Silent Hill 4. Who cares about that? Sonic Advance, blah, blah, blah. Super Castlevania 4 race. Super Mario 64. Oh, there we go. Super Mario 64, 120-star race. A race between Cheese and Simply, the top two players in the world. They do it every few years. It's That's going to be super hyped. I'm really excited about that. Super Mario Odyssey, Super Mario Sunshine, Super Mario World, Super Meat Boy, Super Metroid Kaizo, The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, Ocarina of Time, a four-way beta showcase, whatever that means. The Wind Waker, The Little Mermaid on NES. I love that game. I have that game, as a matter of fact. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2's DLC. And then the one that I've been I'm most excited for was... Figured it would be here. Very excited to say it. It made the cut in just one hour and 21 minutes. Any percent Metroid Dread. Oh, nice. Cannot wait. So it's shaping up to be an incredible marathon. I'm so excited to hear the crowd again and to see the runners live on stage again with a couch doing the commentary as opposed to online. When you do it online, you have the option to go on camera or not. I it always kind of takes me out a little bit when you don't see the camera, you know, the person on camera. So like, I'm just excited to get a little bit of normalcy back in my speed runs. When the schedule comes out, I'm hoping it's a generous one to me having two kids. I hope I can watch a lot. AGDQ. I missed more than I've ever missed before. So that's a little sad, but SGDQ coming back soon. Cannot wait. Embracer group has reportedly acquired Eidos crystal dynamics and square Enix Montreal for 300 million. Yeah, basically a dollar fifty. Like this is nothing, and so like that's the crazy part is like Bungie, one studio, three point six billion dollars. Like Activision Blizzard, seventy billion dollars, sixty-seven. This the team that made Tomb Raider, The Legend of Cain, uh, Deus Ex, all of those properties. Gex, three hundred million dollars. That's nothing. That's just more than Insomniac was bought for a decade ago or whatever it was before Spider-Man, before they blew up to be Sony's second or third best studio. So like it's it's wild. And this is Square Enix just wanting to sell off their Western studios because they were getting hemorrhaged. They lost reportedly they lost two hundred million dollars on Marvel's Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy because people thought Guardians was the Avengers game. And they didn't want to play it all. The, now people are starting to come around because of Game Pass um, that Guardians of the Galaxy is a fantastic game. So like you, you lost 200 million. You sold the studios for 300 million. So you really only net 100 million. And that's generous. And then they want to reinvest that in the blockchain. So the second I hear blockchain or the three letters that I won't say beginning with N and ending in T uh, with the word fuck in the middle, I... I am out on that Square Enix. They may be priming themselves for a bigger acquisition of their West or their Eastern studios. They may be just getting, you know, evening out the portfolio and just getting rid of dead weight. But like crystal dynamics is currently working with the initiative on perfect dark. 
So that's going to continue. That's not going to be disrupted, but like now embracer, which owns saber interactive and um, gearbox who does borderlands. So like the Swedish studio owns all these people. They own that dark horse comics. They just bought, we reported on a couple months ago. So like they are now getting bigger and bigger and bigger. They have like 170 games in development or something crazy like that because of all the studios they've purchased. You now add Tomb Raider, which is probably worth $300 million on its own, especially because they just announced a new game. They announced this new game right before this acquisition. So, like, I'm sure the marketing folks don't know. So, like, they made that not knowing what's going on behind the scenes. But you just got bought for $300 million. That's pennies compared to what you're worth. Embracer got a steal here. You know, I question why Square Enix would want to do something like this. But at the end of the day, the end of the day, Marvel's Avengers probably going to go away soon because um, it's just a failure. Put that title. out the pasture. Yeah, for real. Put out the. I don't even know if they did. They they're supposed to release a new hero. Uh, just just put it to pasture. Your Black Panther thing failed. Your Spider Man thing failed. Just go away. Work on Perfect Dark. Work on your new Tomb Raider game. Then we got Thief and Legacy of Kane and Deus Ex. Big IPs coming back. And if I hear N F and then the other letter. I'm going to blow my goddamn gasket, Square Enix. Don't do it. Just don't do it. I'm a little kerfuffled. <laughs> and, and the last story we have in gaming, the AEW game will be called AEW Fight Forever. And we actually got some gameplay, which was I didn't expect. We got Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander. It looks fine. I mean, it looks like a 3D wrestling game. Um, but we wanted to do our top three current favorite AEW wrestlers. And I'm so excited and intrigued, I think is the word for our top three this week, because I feel like I know one or two on your list. I might not know where they're slated, yeah, yeah. but I am so hyped to hear what you got going on. So I'll, I'll start the list over with you. Yeah. So you're matter, you're of probably... fact, matter of fact, matter of fact, just go three, two, one, go all of them. I'm excited. I want to hear. Okay. This. All right. So again, I, there's, I, I, there's a lot of OGs that are on there. Badass Billy Gunn. It was awesome to see him in the roster. But I left him off. I The only little stip that I kept for me was I just made sure that they had a wrestle for AEW in 2022. I, I have the same um, rule. Yeah, you know, you could, everyone could always say Kenny Omega, but he didn't wrestle in 2022. He's, you know, obviously one of the best in AEW. But is he hurt? Is that why he's not? Um, I believe he is the Ring of Honor or New Japan champion, so I think he's just doing work for other companies right now. Gotcha. But I, he could be hurt too. I haven't been following AEW over the past few months as as I had been before. Gotcha. So my number three, I I think I feel like I had to go with Chris Jericho. I mean, he he. I mean, wouldn't you say he helped shaped AEW for what it is now? I mean, he was the original biggest yep. get. Like he was the guy they got to really bringing the company and he's my yep. favorite wrestler of all time yep. right up there with Jeff Hardy. And I, mm. you know, mm. they're both on AEW right now. Yep. Um, they're I, both off I, my I, list. They're both off I, my I, list. I, and I left Jeff off my list. It was tough. It was tough yeah. to leave Jeff off. They're, but they're again, both at, off my list. I'll say at, that. At, I'll just say at 51 years of age, Jericho still looks great. He still I mean, he may not be able to move, obviously as good as he was freaking 20 some years ago, but to do wrestling, to still to be with his own band Fozzy, who just released his eighth studio album last week called Boombox. I mean, I had to give it to Jericho, man. Like, God bless him. And plus, like his character work, his mic yep. work, his, his mic work, hands down. 
his stable work where he's propping up youngsters and like putting them on a pedestal. Like he gave Sammy Guevara a platform, MJF a platform, Darby Allen a platform. Um, so he's put so many young people over that. Like you got to love that for me. I kept him off my list because I know it in my heart of hearts, he's my favorite wrestler of all time. Him, so he would Jeff be Hardy, like number one. Yeah. And number him, one, Jeff number Hardy, two. <laughs> and, and Shawn Michaels, I believe are probably my three favorite of all time. So like, I don't need to say my current favorite people in the roster are my goats. They're my goats. I left them off, but I'm again, I want you to go three, two, one. So I'll, I'll save mine for when, when you're my done. number two is like the only newcomer is Darby Allen is th- this dude is freaking nuts. The shit that I've seen him do, especially again, seeing him doing the shit when he can on a skateboard, what he could do on the ring of kind of, he is this generation's Jeff Hardy. I don't see anyone else jumping off ropes, doing the coffin to his crazy ass shit. And my number one, it stings. The Akal. He's one of been my favorites since a kid. He's at 63 years of age. Still can't believe he's doing what he's doing. I watched him jump off. Had it be at least 12 feet in the air off, off a table. Couldn't believe he actually did. I was no way he's doing. He did it. I, I freaking jumped off my damn chair. And to have Sting and Darby Allen, I think they're a perfect tag team. Partners, uh, obviously with the, with the face paint, I thought they go good together, and that's I don't think you can go go wrong with any wrestler on our list. Yeah, it's it's a stacked list, and Sting getting the the legacy vote there. Darby Allen, the new the new kid I, on the I block. Had, I have a new guy and two oldies. I, that's yeah. that's where I go. I went with three current youngsters, up yeah. and comers in the business. Two of them you'll know. One of them you may not. And my, the one you may not is my number three, freshly squeezed, Orange Cassidy. Oh, uh, guy with the hands in his pocket. He's the greatest, dude. Yeah. He's, well, he's the third he, greatest. <laughs> he 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 almost made. I was like, but I I respect him. I respect. Yeah. He gets mad respect. He just oozes cool. You know, he oozes confidence. He just wrestling in a jeans and a jean jacket with his hands in his pockets, doing kip ups with no hands and like going off the ropes and ducking under and jumping on top with literally his hands in his pockets. I think it's just, it's so much fun to watch. He just oozes charisma. The crowd eats him up. He's athletic as all get out. And he like, he does suicide dives with his hands in his pockets, bro. I would never in a million years, not want my hands out to catch myself like from falling never in a million years. It just takes balls. He's extremely entertaining. And for that freshly squeezed, Orange Cassidy gets my number three. Number two does, in fact, just like you, go to Darby Allen. He was my first AEW original. That wasn't in like the Bullet Club or WWE or NJPW or Ring of Honor. He was like the new guy that AEW created and brought up all those years ago. Three years, I believe now. He was my original favorite AEW original, if you will. And he still is. And he's still around and and like just... Getting his just desserts now. He's just unbelievable. The coffin drops, the ballsy stuff, the tax skateboards, the hits a man with the truck of a skateboard. Like I just like the in, the inventiveness of the character. I like, you know, he has a rough upbringing. I think they made up some story about him being homeless and all this other shit. I think they've kind of ditched that since. But he just, I won't say he's this, this generation's Jeff Hardy from a talent and like, uh, uh, uh like acrobatic style. I'll say he's this generation Jeff Hardy from like a daredevil. I'll jump off anything to get a pop like style. Like he, yeah. he just has no fear. And I love, I love that man. The man did a coffin drop through the damn steel steps. Like, Oh God, he must've been broken. Man. And my number one, <laughs> my number one should be no shock to anybody who's ever met me for more than a second. 
I own his t-shirt in every single uh, outlet he's ever wrestled for. He is my favorite current wrestler. It's not even close. He was in NXT. He was when he, for like a second, was in the Royal Rumble. It's Adam Cole, baby. Nice. When he debuted, he debuted the same night that Brian Danielson did, a.k.a. I'm, I'm sorry, Brian Danielson did, a.k.a. Daniel Bryan. And I popped harder for him than I did for Ruby Riot, a.k.a. Um, uh, oh, my God, I can't remember her uh, AEW name. Uh, or um, um, I wish I could help Brian you. Danielson. I only know Ruby Riot. And so, like, when when those three debuted on the same night, and my pop was hardest for Adam Cole, and he's just doing such great heel work, and he fits right in. He's with his homies. It's just wonderful to watch Adam Cole, baby, will always be the goat. He actually might be right. He might be number four behind Michaels. Like he is that good as a character. That's awesome. Yeah, you you know, I like Adam Cole. So when he when all said and done, he might go down as in my top five of all time. Like it's tough right now. Papa Shango sitting there at number five. My guy from the 90s, that obscure heel who became. The Godfather, little known fact there. He became Kama Mustafa from the uh, Nation of Domination and then went into the Godfather and the Ho Train. But that's some stupid that's wrestling here or there. shit. Yeah, that's some <laughs> stupid wrestling shit we don't need to talk about. Now I'm now I'm getting geeked out. I might turn on Peacock when this podcast is over and go watch Royal Rumble 1992, brother. Who, who knows where I might go tonight? It's 10 o'clock. Let's get frisky. Uh, let's end it in the music space with a couple of reviews for me, some impressions. On a couple of records, Sam will hit us with a weekly wada, and we'll get on out of here at the two-minute and probably 20-minute mark or so. That's cool. Two hour and 20 minutes. That's actually sure. Uh, we'll take that. When we were done TV in an hour, I was like, okay, it's going to be a long one. But I think we we held it together pretty well here. Uh, first, I'm going to start with Wax Flower, The Sound of What Went Wrong EP. Uh, this is a very good 15-minute EP. Five songs, 15 minutes. Came out at, on, in late April. Our friends at Big Picture Media sent it to us, and for damn good reason. Rude Records does not miss. This is the label that has a will away on its roster. And then when you tell me that my favorite band currently, uh, you give me their their record label, I instinctively just look up the rest of the lineup. That's how I found out about a lot of Rise bands. That's obviously our connection with Drive Through and um, even Victory and Fueled by Ramen, all that stuff back in the day. Like rude is very very hit for me right now so when you give me wax flower again this is emo slash pop punk uh 100 and for whatever reason for whatever reason this band reminds me of the all-american rejects huh i don't know where or why i feel like that's the comp but that's the comp i just get all-american rejects vibes and i'm not mad about it I'm just not mad about it. So if you're looking for like good, solid pop punk, all American rejects vibe, some might disagree with that. Some might have a better comp. Some bands don't need a comp. They can just be their own thing. Um, I love the song, the drama scene. It's probably my favorite song on this EP followed by two thumbs and ring ring is the intro track. A couple explicit songs, the rest, not so much, but uh, really enjoy it. Good vocals, strong lyrics, just a good, solid pop, pop punk record. Wax flower, not wallflower. 
not wax museum, wax flower, the sound of what went wrong EP, which will lead me into my second set of impressions for a band that I quite frankly, never thought we would get a, a review copy for, because it's just wild. The world we live in and the cool shit that we're privy to on this podcast. Um, if you asked me all those years ago, would I be getting an advanced copy and the opportunity to review simple plan? I just wouldn't believe you. We would, I no did, way would I wouldn't believe you. I still I, almost don't. <laughs> I did not grow up a simple plan fan, my friend. Um, I was, I was not a few into hits. it. A few hits. No pads, no, uh, no helmets, just balls. I think was their record of, uh, what was it? Like 2002 ish, 2000. What was it? Probably. I can actually look it up real quick. I'm, I'm looking uh, up. I'm way ahead of you. 2002. No. Um, Oh, two. Yeah. Was it? Oh, two. Yeah. Yep. Cool. So like that is like, that's 20 years ago. And so now they come out with this record called harder than it looks, which tells me a lot. Like staying in the scene is harder than it looks. Making relevant music is harder than it looks. Hell at our age, just getting up and being a band and touring harder than it looks. So like a lot of deep meaning inside of this 10 song record. And it does give me that same old school, simple plan vibe. Like that. I'm not going to say they've like reinvented their sound or anything like that. It is a simple plan record, but I think 20 years more senior being 33, 34 in just a few days. Um, I appreciate what it is more now. And I can go back to no helmet, no pads or no pads and helmet, just balls and kind of appreciate it a little bit more and, and, put my mind like I'm not a hipster kid who like doesn't like the popular thing. You know me. Um, but like this record is very good. Wake me up when this nightmare's over the, the uh, beginning song. Very, very good. Ruin my life featuring Derek from some 41. Uh, very good. And probably my favorite song on the record. Best day of my life. Like those are probably the three standout tracks for me. But again, if you ever like simple plan, if you did back in the day and you're like, Oh shit, they're still rocking tunes. Yes, they are. May 6th, so it just came out last week. 10 songs, 35 minutes. They put it out themselves, so you got to love that. Um, the Canadian the Canadian Quartet, still fucking rocking, baby. Simple Plan, Harder Than It Looks. Check those two records out. So Wax Flower and Simple Plan. Even the third record I talked about earlier, my pick of the week, my number one record of the year so far, State Champs, Kings of the New Age. A lot of music recommendations this week, but let's end the show with your weekly WADA. Weekly WADA this week. I got this one back from WADA. Um, they made good on their promises. They said, I think by the end of April this year, they were going to have their backlog shipped out. This was one of my turbo orders from, was it 2020? Or it might have been, might have been March of 2021. So WADA was true to their word. They, they finished their backlog by end of April. This is a PlayStation 2 game. Dragon Ball Z Budokai for PlayStation mm. 2. Came out in 2002. I was in 7th grade. This is a 9.6 with an A-seal rating. was made and printed in USA. This was um, the first Dragon Ball video game in 5 years since Dragon Ball GT Final Bout came out in uh, 1997. And I believe that I don't know if I did. I don't think I did have that one growing up because I wasn't a huge fan of GT. But um, you know, to have Budokai, this is the first party Y seam seal with the Sony security label and tear strip. This was based on the 1986 animated TV series Dragon Ball Z, released in Japan as Dragon Ball Z, developed by Dimps. 
the plot is like a what if storyline of three different arcs of the Vegeta, the Frieza, the Cell. This is where I got your trivia question from the 23 uh, playable characters. And this was, I, I would say, besides the one, I remember back in the day, Machi had one modded for PlayStation. I don't, it wasn't Final Bout. I think it was the one before that, where we actually got to play Super Saiyan Goku, which was also, if you didn't have your PlayStation modded, you couldn't play it. That's why we always had to play it at Machi's house. But review-wise, I, I, this was mediocre. IGN gave it a 6.2 out of 10. Game Informer, 7.25 out of 10. And Metacritic gave it a 67 out of 100. I, I think I remember, I'd probably 7 out of 10 is probably fair. But this was, again, being a 7th grader, you know, watching freaking finally Goku go Super Saiyan. Of, I, at this point, I, when people say your favorite arcs, Right now, I think I would probably say it's the Cell Saga. Even though the moment, you know, you'll never forget him fighting, you know, Frieza, going Super Saiyan. You'll never forget that moment. But just Gohan, Super Saiyan 2, the Cell games, I think that's what always comes back to. The androids, that, I, I just think it, it's a, a perfect freaking sh- anime. Um, the game, I think, I know they did Budokai 1, 2, they did 3, then I think they went to like Taichi and... I, I was always in the realm ten, of ten ten Kaichi. Yeah, I, I think after the third one, I think I just stopped. So I, I out of all of them, I would probably say one and two would probably be my favorites. Three, I don't know. I, I just don't remember playing it. I think one and two is always what I was grew up playing. But if you were a Dragon Ball Z fan back in the day, good luck trying to find a sealed copy because there's I, I you don't see too many of Dragon Ball Z Budokai one for the PlayStation two. So like we were we're recording on a on a Wednesday, and uh, it's the same night that AEW Dynamite's on. So like as we were just talking about the AEW thing, I thought let me throw on Dynamite. I still DVR'd every week, and guess what match is happening? Or just it's over now. But guess what match happened tonight? Was it a tag team or no? No, a singles. It looks like it might be a tag team, but I think it's actually no. It looks like a singles match. Was it Adam Cole? No, this is Darby <laughs> Allen versus Jeff Hardy. Oh my God! What a match that was. I am going to tag you uh, in this clip. You know how I said, like, you know, you said Darby is the new Jeff? Yeah. Well, he just jumped off a 30-foot ladder onto 10 steel chairs where Jeff was laying on top of him, and he did a swanton bomb like Jeff Hardy. So I'm going to go ahead and tag you So this thing on Twitter. Nailed that one right in the head, like that Uh, one? And again, I I tagged you in Twitter. I want you to watch it. It's like a four-second clip, but it's ball. It's balls to the wall, and I'm going to go watch this match. I have found what I'm going to watch while we edit dynamite because this match looks like a lot of fun um so check that out on twitter if you're listening to this and you're still listening yeah he got it by god, by god <laughs> how high in half. how high was that dude he was so high up on that uh, you can see them talking to each other oh and he jumps to the floor not even on the ring so that is a yeah, long jump everyone go on twitter and just search darby oh he tried to catch him all oh, that hurt Oh, on to steel chairs from a 20 foot ladder. That was balls, balls to the wall baller. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Good clip right there. I'm going to go watch that match. But anyway, everybody, sorry, we've been late. We're thankful to be back. We appreciate you hanging with us. Um, It's not, it's not common for us to miss weeks. So the fact that we've missed a couple, it hurts. So it's good to be back. We got caught up and we'll see you next week on episode Remember that time Joel and B came back a 
halftime and the mud dogs won the bourbon ball?